This is Harlan, Chris, Michael, and Kratos of Thandor. No, you're, you're just... Seriously? Paladin of Bahamut, Slayer of the Archbeholder. And you're listening to Seven Land Hand. It's Seven Land Hand! Woo-hoo! Brought to you by Good Games. Spread your seed, get rooted, screw all. I said squirrel. Oh, we're off to a bad start. Hey, make amends, grab some of that sunshine, raise your game. But this isn't about vitamin D, it's about vitamin tree. We're talking photosynthesis. It's a festive podcast, which, like any other Christmas movie, should give you Hollywood. This is Seven Land Hand. Photosynthesis is a beautiful worker placement strategy game from Bog Off Games, known by everyone else on the Blue Planet as Blue Orange Games. It was designed by mathematical madman Halma Hack, but we couldn't proceed any further without crediting Sabrina Miriman, who provided the gorgeous artwork for all of this game. It's a game for two to four players who can build and harvest an entire forest in under 60 minutes. The game's elevator pitch reads as follows. Welcome to the world of photosynthesis, the green strategy board game. Plant and shape the ever-changing forest as you cultivate your seed and your strategy. Take your trees through their life cycle from seedling to full bloom to rebirth and earn points as their leaves collect energy from the revolving sun's rays. Carefully pick where you sow and where you grow as trees in the shadows are blocked from light and from points. This game features realistic gameplay and beautiful graphics. One disclaimer before we proceed, Halmahack is not actually a madman. However, he wants model as a tree for a John Avon Forest card. I think that one's actually fact. That was a fact, that one. I didn't make that one up. Research, totally. Yeah. Journalism. Um, but what does it all mean to gamers? Focusing more on the sin and let on, less on the photos. See what I did there? Mm. It's Magnolia Matt McHale. Yeah, I'm very glad there's not a chainsaw in sight of this game. No, there's not. Uh, but it does claim to be a green game, and we'll mm. get into that later, including our unboxing, which I think was very green. Very green. And on the other side of the uh, Australian hunk of land, it's Juniper Jamie Lawrence. I had an Uncle Sycamore once. <laughs> an Uncle Sycamore. Is that a true story? No, not at all. <laughs> no, How you going, guys? Because he, but he had two wings. If you dropped him from a height, yeah. he would spin around in the air. I, just, I can just imagine Sycamore being some sort of an old, weird name that, that an old uncle has. I was always a, uh, in England, you know, there was sycamore trees and there was a lot of horse chestnut trees. I was for the horse chestnut tree because, <laughs> because they, that's where you get conkers from. That's it. And that was yeah. what it was all about on the playground. Sycamores gave you nothing. <laughs> Except when you're in like grade one, grade two, yeah, you could get the seeds, throw them up into the air and they'd spin around. I would have loved to have playground conkers, but it's just not mm. a thing that we had here. Mm. No, it's not. You should have done it with honky nuts. That was a, something that they missed out on. <sighs> They're lame. But you could have been smacking the crap out of each other for hours. <laughs> did that anyway. Yeah, Croc- <laughs> if you ever meet someone whose name is Sycamore, you can safely assume that they're a Scooby-Doo villain. Oh, was, is that a Scooby-Doo Professor Sycamore reference? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, no, no, no. It's just it, like, it, you know, oh. someone was Professor Sycamore or Old Man Sycamore. It's ish. Know? Yeah, true. Yeah, it's ish. Anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, how have you grown your geeky lives in this last month, this uh, Christmas month of December? There's a I've lot going on. I've been watching the appropriately <laughs> Shut up, Matt. cold-themed Fargo. Uh, mm. and, uh, I've just knocked off season three. I have seen that as well. Oh, the Ewan been... McGregor one. Big fun. Is that the Ewan McGregor one? Uh, season two, I think, was Ewan McGregor. Oh, no. actually, maybe it is. I no, can't the... remember now. <laughs> the final series that they've done is Ewan McGregor. Was Ewan yes. McGregor in the one that you just saw? Twice. <laughs> 
I think, yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't track actors that well. Let me rephrase um, it. Was Obi-Wan Kenobi in the episode <laughs> of Fargo that you just watched? It was about two brothers <laughs> and a stamp. Does that help? Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and Obi-Wan, sorry, I mean, that was Obi-Wan Kenobi's Fargo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a beautiful show. I, I absolutely love it. I love the whole Coen Brothers weirdness of it. It's Please watch this. Everyone who's listening yeah. will enjoy it. Minnesota I, I, accents. It's Minnesota, I think. Yeah, yeah like Fargo. Um, have, I've oh, not yeah. seen... <laughs> I've not seen the series. Is yeah. it the Coen Brothers still? I know the movie no, is... No. A, it's not, no, no, no. So, no, the Coen Brothers were just the movie. This is just inspired by the movie. Yeah, right, right. And it's always, it always starts the same way. It says, this is a true story. Then true fades off and it's on the screen is, this is a story. And then they sort of fade away in different things because it's all bollocks. But it's, it's kind of, it's cool how it just says, no, this is real. Maybe, sort of not. It's not real. It's it could fiction. Be real. It's fiction. No, it's not. That's bullshit. <laughs> but I like the way it starts off like that, you know. And, um, yeah, it's very clever. Yeah. No, it's like, it's quite lovely. I, I, I've had a, the same sort of reaction to a few series that I've watched recently where I watched the first two episodes and I went, I got, I'm like, nah, not for me. And then we'll, me and my wife will look at each other and um, sorry for the burps. Uh, Matt and I are warming up for the beer and beer parts. <laughs> beer beer uh, show tomorrow night. Um, yeah, I'll watch the first two episodes. Yeah. And then I'll go, it's not for me. And then my wife and I will look at each other and go, well, should we get one more crack? And we'll give it another show. And then I'm in. That's ah, it. Yeah. So it's like three or four shows and you're in. And, some, and sometimes you've got to be patient with it. And I think there is some. there actually is some sort of rule about actually getting through the first three episodes before actually committing to whether you're going to say it's rubbish or it's or it's. Although I did that with your tip, The Expanse. And I'm out! I'm out! Are you kidding? Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm out. You, you, you didn't enjoy it? Or... No, I just couldn't, I couldn't get grippered. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, my rule of thumb is six hours. I'll give a show six, six hours. hours. Impress me. Six hours. So we're in this world of 40-minute episodes, you know, that's a fair whack. Well, so six, six episodes generally because, you know, like most things go for, yeah, 45, 50 minutes, whatever. Hmm. So um, like uh, Orphan Black, which I know, I know David loves, six episodes in, I was like, this is trash. I can't see anything happening here. Yeah. So I I'm- stopped. I loved it, but then I started. We started to watch the last series, and we just couldn't get in. We were, we were constantly repelled. We were the same end of the magnet as the uh, episode was, and every time we get went near, poof, repelled. Bit of science there for you, kids. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I mean, I found the expanse to be actually yeah, you said this legitimate last science fiction. And then I no, you said it's like really like what it, it what it's like in space. And I said, no, Matt, nobody's living on other planets yet, so you've got no your baseline. Of course, but, but yeah. believable science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Realms of possibility. Mm. Oh, well, okay. fair enough. I guess. Well, well are we all still, if we're still talking about things we're watching, yeah, uh, I might as well go on to uh, um, Bright. Bright. Bright yeah. popped out Will Smith. last week, and a blue yes. guy. And that's Joel Edgerton, that blue Krull, guy. Krull. Who's Joel Edgerton? Australian actor. Australia, you say? He's the orc who's playing. He's the orc, in, yeah. Right. Joel Edgerton's like a oh, he's he's a home and away alumni, oh, isn't he? Here we go. Uh, I think something like that. Um, I'm surprised I haven't heard of him, Matt. You wouldn't. You wouldn't <laughs> recognize. Oh, sorry, sorry. I meant Neighbours. Is he on Neighbours? <laughs> I, 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 right. forgot I forgot you're English and you love Neighbours. So. I know. I wouldn't do any of that. <laughs> no, we sort of came out when it was out when it, when it came out over here and then it went over there, but we were already here. So we're well on board with that. It's a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all there. Yeah. Um, no, Joel Edgerton, uh, you wouldn't recognize him because he's, he's dressed up like an orc. Mm. And uh, I love it. 
Uh, yeah. I've, I've watched it twice now with no hesitation, no stopping, no no doing anything while I'm doing it. That explains the urine stains on your pants, Matt. Sat. You should have changed before you came over. I, I, I thought about that, then mm. I decided, well, I'm just going to probably go and watch it again tonight, sure. so I might as well keep the same pants on. Yeah, no uh, point in wasting three pairs. <laughs> pairs I really enjoy it. I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm in. Like, if this becomes a series, gets picked up as a series... Oh, it's not... I'm going to be all over it. There well, is what immediately... What is this, a pilot? Well, it, it's a pilot movie, I guess. Also, uh, it's a feature-length movie, but there's not a lot of episodes. I thought it was a whole bunch of episodes. No, 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 no. It's not a series. Not at this stage. So the first one, Will Smith, Joel Edgerton in. Uh, it seems even before it got released, mm. it's been greenlit for a second movie. Wasn't it already greenlit about 20 years ago as a movie called Alienation and then a TV series called Alienation? No, I made that comparison too. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, this is Alienation, but it is not Alienation. Okay. Um, and actually, really, it was greenlit as a role-playing game called Shadowrun about 40 years no, ago. I absolutely disagree <laughs> Matt, with that. when you're going to bring information to the pod, we want something original, not I, something that's 40 years old. I absolutely disagree <laughs> with the fact that this is Shadowrun <laughs> yeah, right. because yeah. in, the, in the whole mythology of this world... Orcs and elves and, and that have always been here. It's this thing that have, has always oh, been okay. around. Not Shadowrun, which is where uh, some cataclysmic event happened, rift open, orcs and things appear. But it's really... So, it's really yeah, yeah, it's, look, if it looks like Shadowrun and it smells like Shadowrun, uh, I'm just hoping it's yeah. definitely... And, and really, it's all about having uh, human society with the other in there, whether it yeah. be... And you can boil it back down to be... It can be the white cop with the, uh, you know, the African-American yeah. partner and hit the African-American guy's getting a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing, just which, which uh, way you point, point your... Uh, you know, so they can make some real you know, societal points, can't they? And yeah. like, don't be racist against the orc. He's okay. <laughs> He's got the same sort of size feelings as the rest of us. Yeah, that's how they can also get away with all those... Uh, Learn a lesson, all Rednecks. ...all those issues, uh, yeah, all exactly. those race and gender issues and whatnot, which, just by presenting it as fantasy. Which they brought up in Alienation <laughs> and uh, District 9 uh, yeah. and probably Shadowrun as well. Um, I also think Expanse was based on Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say give it a chance. Jamie, you, you've said you, you're about halfway through it. Keep going. I really enjoyed it. No, I'll uh, definitely watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm totally going to keep going. I just got interrupted while I was watching it yeah. and didn't want to miss it. So, you know. Put it this way. I'm, I'll be back to no worries. I'm well and truly if, if watching it's this. You to buy specific bright pants. It must be all right. <laughs> I'm well and truly on board with this more so than I'm on board more so than uh, the latest uh, Disney Star Wars movie. Oh, okay. okay. Which which you haven't seen, and we which won't I go spoilers seen. because it's still December and it only came out in December. Yeah. But I would like to add, I'm on the thumbs up uh, wagon. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but then I enjoyed Rogue One, and nobody enjoyed Rogue One. I enjoyed it because I'm just playing Star Wars. I'm having fun, being a kid again. Eh, who cares? Yeah. But this one I really enjoyed, except for one character, and it's no spoilers, but I was, it was a she, and I was looking at her for a long time going, ah, did they just hide her? Because she looks weird. And I was just going, and I thought, she's a nobody, but they've hired her because she looks weird. Also, what's with the purple rinse? My grandma had one in them in the 70s, and she wasn't a commander of a Starfleet. Wait, isn't that... Uh, what's her face from Jurassic Park? Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, who turns out does look fucking weird in a long dress <laughs> and a purple rinse. So she should be wearing shorts, <laughs> uh, blouse tied at the waist. Is oh, that right? I, d- I don't know. What, it just it, I was just looking at him, going like, she's a weird looking person. And then when the credits rolled, I thought, I thought, let's see who this person was. Let's laugh at this name, which I've never heard of. And I went, bloody hell, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I remember from I think she wasn't she in Blue Velvet. She was in a, a David Lynch. 
uh, um, movie way God, back. I, think. I know my my, ah, my Laura Dern filmography is uh, oh mine yeah, very small, very it's very vast. Small. They've all annoyed me. <laughs> uh, the only other thing What's I want to record, I am also very strongly in the many thumbs up for Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, without any spoilers, it made me feel like a kid again because it just had some Star Wars things that I haven't seen since I was a kid. It reminded me of my favourite films. It just ticked all the boxes. Mm. Wonderful film. And now sits comfortably as my second favourite Star Wars film of all time. Oh, wow. it, it, did get me, it did get me nervous uh, when, the, when the text rolls at the beginning because it very, sounds very Empire Strikes Backsy. Have they changed and the font? No, no. When, when the words are scrolling up and you're reading them, you're going, oh, yeah, what, what's going on? I'm not going to tell you what happened. But as you're reading it, you're going... Fuck me, they're doing Empire Strikes Back. Right after they've done A New Hope, they're going to do Empire Strikes Back. And I was ready to throttle somebody. There was only my kids next to me, so I was worried. Um, <laughs> and, but the, the, they kept going. They and the run. movie started. And there was a few Empire Strikes Backsy things throughout the movie. However, it's not anywhere near that. They don't go out. And in fact, most of the media that you've probably good. already read, or that's out there already that doesn't do any spoilers, says it's more about destroying what we know of Star Wars and introducing the new so we can go forth into this millennium not expecting anything but being pleasantly surprised by Star Warsian stuff. Funny you should say that. I was watching a while I was a strolling for uh, just crap to watch today. Mm, you uh, found bright. They came up oh. with a a I guess a run through of, of Star Wars and how how the first the prequels. Yeah. Basically ruined everything because they just discounted everything oh. from the first movie. So in oh, terms of Luke Skywalker and and they they just de- they devalued, they definitely devalued it. But they just gave voice they gave voice to stories that we just didn't need to know. Like there's characters in this new movie who are big and bad or big and important, mm. and it's like, what's their backstory? Don't need to know. You don't need to know all these. Yeah. It's like when the superhero movies start, they always have to have an origin story, and it's dead boring because nine times out of ten we already know it. We're quite happy picking up a Spider-Man. That's you know, like true. 20 years ago, That's you pick true. up a Spider-Man magazine, you're just like, oh, Spider-Man, he's doing this thing. Even if you don't know the origin story, you're like, well, I want to find out what happens now. And you're in it and you're in the story. Yeah. You don't have to know the origin. Then and that's find cool out. about many of these characters. And that was cool about episode four. We're already well into this story. Episode four. And, and he's these people. Where's Darth Vader from? Who gives a shit? Look at this guy. He's kick-ass. That's all you need to know. So what are you expecting then from the uh, Solo movie? Oh, I haven't even thought about it yet. That's well, an that's origin next, story. That's next it? year's release. So oh, I haven't thought about it. If it's an or, if it's if it's a Han Solo origins movie, I'd like to see like a an Indiana uh, Indiana Jones type thing. You know where they just go off and um, and maybe f- give him a few adventures. Yeah, well, I think it's something worth apprehensively waiting for. I, I don't know. After I enjoyed Rogue One, like you, I thought it was mm. great. Um, I just don't know how this one's going to go, but. Aside from that... Oh, I was going to say, Boba Fett movie, exactly the same deal. Yeah, yeah, for you know, sure. Just give him a few adventures. Let's not know where he came from. I don't care. Well, we kind of know where he came from, all right? Let's not worry about that story so much. <laughs> Unless, but, of course, they're going to tackle it from the point of view that he's, you know, once he escaped from the Sarlacc pit, what did he then go on to do? I imagine, <laughs> he's, I imagine his uh, job prospects... But that was... Uh, uh, I think that was any, lucrative. ...done in, like, the Star Wars non-canon literature, yeah, wasn't I it? So, so. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to happen. Only I, I am so disinterested wow. in more Star Wars prequels. <laughs> um, like, I, I, there is a good chance I just won't go see Solo with movies. Um, I can't express how little I care yeah. about, about... I, I kind of feel the same. Why are they doing, 
why are they not giving us more stories from that rich universe? Yeah, that they could very easily draw on. Yeah, about That's the little his... guy. I like. I'd like to know more about the little guy in the Star Wars universe. It's, you know, just doing his way, but he might have a little bit of an interesting little adventure of some kind but within yep. all the realms of everything that Star Wars can give us. What's going on on the other side of the galaxy that uh, is may, maybe somewhat impacted by the events of the actual? Mm saga but anyway aside from that the only other thing that's popping up on netflix soon is uh dirk gently's holistic detective agency series two is about uh, to start i haven't so, watched one yet uh i've read all the books oh, i don't know if one's on there yeah. anymore um oh isn't it a netflix show it'll be it, on there it is a netflix show yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll be fun uh, yeah, yeah i really enjoyed that one was really good yeah I, i'll look forward to more of that so mm. that's my Netflix. Oh, there's uh, one other thing. Um, you said that one thing ago. But carry on, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, there's another one thing. Yeah, there's yeah. another one thing. The uh, documentaries are a big feature of Netflix at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, and I started watching one the other night uh, about... It's about a movie that wasn't made. Oh, this is Grey State. Yes. Yes. This yes. fucking... Oh, my God. That was you kind of knew what was what had happened and everything that was going on in about the first five minutes, but it went on. It was one. Of, I enjoyed watching documentaries, yeah. But that could have ended like about four or five times, and it still kept going and going and going. And um, I was waiting for it. I mean, I didn't get through the whole thing, so I was waiting to hear about all the conspiracy theories and all the the actual theories and the what actually yeah, happened. Yeah, I mean, could have got some real nutcases on there and, and given them a proper thread and, and gone back and forth and all this. But, I mean, it probably went back and forth too much. I wouldn't recommend it. I, wouldn't, I don't think it's worth talking about. Do you think it's a movie that's worth talking about, though? Grey State? Yeah. Are they making it? No, no, no. no. It'll, it'll be canned, but... No, 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 no probably not. Yeah. It just, yeah, it looked like a guy with PTSD just going around making a movie of lots of people getting executed, and it was a bit grim. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's and then, what the trailer looked like. And then yeah. it kind of ended with him <laughs> executing him, his family and himself, which was proper miserable. And <laughs> yeah, and that was about it. And then they just sprinkled some conspiracies over the top into nutcase guys that was going, "Well, we're responsible for asking the questions, not the police." And it's like, <laughs> "No, nah, I don't think you are, mate. Well, probably not. <laughs> probably just as well it's not going to be made then." Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Speaking of documentaries, uh, I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origins on the PS4. That's a documentary? Uh, which is not... Well, it's, it's historical content. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it is... Um, it's a really good game. I'm enjoying it. I'm only about an hour or two in. But um, it's got a really, really intuitive control system, which I, I like very much. The, my previous experiences with Assassin's Creed have been absolutely terrible, so I'm... It's a really great breath of fresh air. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, that's good. Nice. Yeah, we've, we've got that have here. You, uh, have you knocked anything out on the PS4 lately, David? Uh, no, I was doing um, uh, solidly into uh, NBA 2K17, 2K18. I don't know, the latest one. And, um, yeah, we, we're, so, we're sort of... Because, you know, this this is the parental thing. The, the Xbox and PS4 are on hold at the moment because the children are playing it far too much and we just put it on hold and now they're out riding their bikes and playing in the yeah, treehouse. So enough. it kind of works. I don't know where the balance is, but I'll tell you what, dad is hurting. I am hurting because I can't <laughs> sit down and play my games. But we've, we've got uh, the latest Assassin's Creed, and I played the London one and the Paris one, and I enjoyed both of those. I didn't mind them at all. But um, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it struck me as like, what are you interested in? I'm, yeah. I'm interested in uh, revolution years France. And then same with London. I was interested yeah. in that era. Not so much interested I, in pyramids and stuff. I played those ones. I played a weird pirate one that just didn't work very well. Oh, Black Flag, Black flag. is it? That, oh, is that the TV show? That's Black Sails. Black Flag, yeah. Black Flag. Oh, yeah. Travis, my son has played that one. He says that one's good too. No, but, no. I mean, they, they each, the thing I like about that franchise is they change something f- for each of them. You know, uh, Black Flag, they introduced ship combat. Um, I think it was the Revolutionary War one. What was that one called? Um, the French Revolution. No, no, the, the American Revolution. Oh, jeez. Uh, no uh, I think that's happening now anyway with Trump. <laughs> and Ge- We've but, gone long on geek, gentlemen. I think... Uh, you and I have got some more space for this tomorrow night. Actually. We have, but there's one more thing, which is really geez. important. Well, one, one more thing. No, this, is, this is really I'm good. I'm skipping this is my big. things, Matt. Okay, this go. Is okay, big. Go, with, go with your thing. Star Wars Imperial yes. Assault has just released an app right. to help you play the board game that Ooh. takes the role of the Imperial player. Not so bad. now you can play collaboratively with the app taking control of the uh, Imperials. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's, that's pretty big. That seems worth doing. Yeah. All right. Let's blob. Well, let's blob and get back on with some photosynthesis. Win. Win. Photosynthesis for comment, Win. commenting on the Facebook page for this show, episode 110, at facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand. We'll announce last month's winner of Queen Domino later in Eats and Twos. This month, to determine the winner, Good Games HQ cast a variety of seeds out of the office window. Jack and the Beanstalk style. Over the last month, the random configuration of seeds, their different species and the different colours, grew to form a shape. Ooh. A pattern of letters, spelling out a name. <gasps> we'll tell you that name later in oh, some clues. Suspense. <laughs> and every month, Good Games are offering our listeners a special offer on the game we review. This month, it will be photosynthesis. While stock's last seven-hand listeners can get 10% off photosynthesis at every Good Game store. You won't be able to see 10%. the phone... <laughs> You won't be able to see the forest for the savings. All you have to do is enter your friendly local game store dressed in green and stinking of chlorophyll to state... Let there be light! Let there be light! For all of January 2018... Let there be light! Let there be light! That's, of course, while stocks last. Okay, on with the show. You managed to say photosynthesis. I did. It's a trouble word, Holy cow. Ah, it's photosynthesis game review time. Yes. This, this has been a joy. Um, we unboxed it ooh, at the beginning of December. Yep, we did. Through all, it, it does proclaim itself as a green game. So we try to fight against that by throwing all the plastic and all the waste just generally out into the wilderness. We did. Uh, uh, it was very irresponsible. Yeah, we were. We were jerky about it. But then we settled right down, got into the game, and it was a little bit like this. Jamie, can you tell us what the uh, what the narrative behind this game or the object and the objective of winning is? Sure thing. So in this game, two men on horseback face each other at a distance of about a <laughs> furlong. Each one has a lance. Wait, is that a standard furlong? Dividing them. <laughs> Sorry, is that a standard furlong or an imperial furlong? Oh, it's imperial. Standard hasn't been invented yet. Okay. Um. And the idea is to knock the other man off the horse. Uh, also, I may have just confused this game with jousting. I yes, just, I'm pretty sure I have, actually. I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah. This, this is the one with the trees, right? Yeah, the trees. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. So each of you places a species of tree trying to grow and spread your seeds inside a small fertile forest. Still sounds like uh, those guys on jousting. tree grows. Sounds dirty. It's going to collect some sunlight. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to use the sunlight that you get to grow new trees, 
to make the trees that you've got bigger, to spread new seeds, to uh, gradually take a tree through its life, life cycle, and in doing so, score a bunch of points. Object of the game, score the most points, and use your light points that you gather each turn effectively to create your species. I like mm. the way that the objective of this game, even... Uh, even is fully engrossed in the theme using the light points that you collect, uh, grow your complete the life cycle of a tree, and then scoring points proportional to the richness of the soil that the trees were planted in. Yeah, because the board, which will. Personal soil is at the center of the forest, and the, mm. as you go out, it's, uh, it's less good. Yeah, Speaking so. The... Which, how, do we, <laughs> how do we interpret that for the pieces, guys? The components. Yeah, oh. I was about to say the board that we're looking at in front of us. Everything is just take it for granted. Everything is gorgeous. If you look at the if you look at the box, it's just as good inside as it is it really as is. it is outside. But the, the board itself is, is this really cool setup. Um, I, how many sides is that? A hexagon? I don't know. Maybe an oak. One, two, three, four. It's something like it's an ogon. It's an oak. And within it, there's a, a sort of like circles of circles yeah and the outer circle is the less fertile soil and then there's one two three four circles concentric circles going into the middle where you just got this singular one which is the most fertile soil get your seed into that and you'll grow a tree and when you collect the points from that you're going to get a big point but there's only one of those and everyone's competing for space Mm. and shadowing you out and everything now the, the the joy that i was trying to get to about that hexagon is that uh on each on each corner yep. it's flattened out so that the sun has a, a base to sit upon and this sun traverses this board and goes round turn by turn so to do one cycle around the board that is around and that just it opens up this whole new world this really cool mechanic of how everything's scored this hands down is one of the coolest timers in a game i've ever seen yeah it's on theme it looks cool and if you sit in love, we were playing in a different part of the house the other day, and where the lights were, you could see shadows casting across yeah. the table, which was really cool. The In the centre of the board uh, are four varieties of trees, and these things are vibrant, colourful. They're impressive. Mm. Like these, Again, it falls in with our, our love of games where you actually have to construct... Yeah. elements of the game you actually have to build the trees they're two There's piece trees that four go species together. four species of tree yeah. easily recognizable and uh distinguishable from each other it's yeah, like, it's bl- like blue green yellow <laughs> and orange or i was going to say pine oak uh and the other two juniper juniper i don't know something like that. <laughs> yeah but for the for the uneducated amongst us yeah <laughs> ye- yellow orange blue and green will do it and a bunch of seed tokens in all the varieties and colors that, of the that's what gives you a clue as to what they are because yeah. there's an acorn there so that's, oh, that's an oak a, tree yeah but yeah. yeah they've got their own they've got their own seed variations as well uh and they've really done a bit of research as well into what seed type comes from what tree yeah, yeah. so uh, i'm very impressed with the level of detail yeah. There's so, player boards, four player boards in each of the f- colours. And yeah. that details scoring, life cycle, costs for trees, all on it. Very clear, very easy to read, uh, very sturdy components too. It gives you information uh, which helps you determine how much you've got, how many light points you have to access your money in this game. Yeah. It, it gives you a quick uh, reference for how many light points you need to develop from seed to small tree, medium tree, large tree, and then to collect. And also has got a quick reference for how far you can throw a seed from the size of tree that you've got because the yeah. bigger trees, obviously, seeds can get further away from the, the base that they're at. 
Um, and, and I found that very useful and it was everything you needed. You didn't, you didn't need the instructions in your hand. And how, how big is it, Matt? It's, oh, it's, it's, it's folded A3. Folded A3. Both sides. And yep. there's a big picture on the front. It's not complicated. You're no. going to get the hang of this. My kids loved it. You know, they could get into it and play it. Not a problem. Actually, we had, this is the first time we had, I think we had all of Family Wildsmith playing. Yes. Uh, even, even younger. Yeah, yeah. And who managed to, you know, yeah, strategize and pull off. This is, uh, yeah. Um, so so some of the other... favorite component in the game has got to be the Pac-Man. The, the what man? The Pac-Man. Oh, he's talking about the sun. The Pac-Man. Yeah, I agree. The timer. The, the, the game's timer. The Pac-Man, mm. the sun. We've also missed the, uh, the bases. You, there's the discs that uh, match up with the circles that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, on the back side of those, they've got different uh, numbers, which are the points that you score. They're like your victory points. Yeah, and, we've got um, one, two, and three leaves on them, and four. Yeah, but on the other side, they've got a number, and the one-leaf ones don't go as high as the four-leaf one, which no. has got big numbers on it. But, like I said, you can collect many one-leaf ones, but there is uh, only one four-leaf one, for example. Yeah. The uh, that that's some the, the components for this game really knock it out of the park. Uh, I, I don't want to say too much more on it because I think I really should go and check it out for yourself because it's. I mean, just you, you just get those those player guides that we had before and just flip it over and you look at the back. They're all unique. They've all got the same sort of design, but beautifully painted. It's yeah. just so sweet. You know, you see, the there's a rabbit is, on that one. Yeah, there's a rabbit. There's a oh, there's a moose. That's an elk. I an was elk. going for. Yeah, I an elk. <laughs> a bear. Uh, Where's the bear? Oh, there's the my bear. God, camouflage. See, that's how they catch you <laughs> out. They get you. And this other one's got uh, ah, fox and a, the, and a squirrel and a squirrel. Now it's getting in, in tears. But um, yeah, <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. It's worth just having a look. If there's an open box of this around, have a look at it, and you'll you'll be in. If I think anyone who sees this game played is in, I've never heard a bad word about it. This is the type of game that if it's well, sitting. One of the things that really amazes me about this game is the way that just looking at the components, you already have a sense of how the game works. Yeah. It, it's so beautifully designed, and so everything in the art matches the function so mm. beautifully. So let's—you uh, actually—you have a sense of how it all works before you ever play the game. So let's break down how you play it, right? So you start off with your player board has some seeds on it, has some uh, four small trees, three medium trees, two large trees. Yep. But then you have some trees and some seeds that you've already bought which are two seeds, two small trees, and a medium tree. Yeah. You've already got them. They're cool, sitting cool. in your available area. Yeah. yeah. Now, the only way you get um, trees off of your player board is by spending light points. So better start getting your seeds out there and start growing some trees on the main board. So in that first go, you get your... your um, you can actually place a tree, can't you? You can place... Yeah, yeah. So you've got two. To start off the game, you need to each player needs to place two trees yep. only around the outside ring of the board. Yeah. Uh, and, but you can pop it anywhere. So you can pop it your side next to an opponent's tree. It doesn't really matter uh, as right, long yeah. as there's two out there. Yeah. And from that point, the only trees you can then pop out are ones that are in the available area. You have to purchase all the others. Mm. Uh, and those trees that you put out in the setup yeah. are the ones that are going to draw your light points on the first yeah. first turn. You also get a couple of seeds. So you've got everything you need to begin with to start this game off, uh, yeah. which which is great. There's no... There's no ambiguity um, ambiguity about it. Mm. You, it's very plain to see by the description, by the picture here, that how it's exactly laid out. You know, there's no confusion. I don't have to. I don't have to go searching for information. I can look at this picture and well, go. You can look at your well, player board in this. Corner. That's exactly how it needs to yeah. set it, and the player board. 
And that really helps new players. So this is the next bit. Once you've got your trees out there, you look at the position of the sun. All of the circles on the board are lined up so that it works from any angle. Yep. And you can work out which trees are going to cast shadows over others or which trees are going to score full points. Um, and they can only either score zero or their allocation. So a small tree is one, mediums two, two. big trees three. Yeah. Seeds don't get some points. Nope. So you add up how many light points you got, and that's your money for the next round where you can buy more trees from your player board and get them out onto the board, which also costs you, right? On the sun, there's also some very helpful arrows that tell you exactly the direction of the sun. It's so, pretty obvious. Yeah, though, the light. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. I'd hate to have been the guy who during playtesting went, we need an arrow on the sun, Halma. And Re- really? I think Halma would have slapped him. <laughs> really? It's pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the sun, the different trees collect uh, So that's the sun's photosynthesis rays. phase. Yeah, 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 that's the photosynthesis yeah. phase. And now you have to do everything in order, and it's easy to do it out of order from then on, isn't it? Because then you get the life cycle phase. Yeah. Uh, you want to take the, us through that, Matt? The possible actions uh, are all yeah. very sequential. So it, it goes through the life cycle of the tree, and that's what it actually mimics. So the first step is buying. So you then take the light points that you've got. You buy the trees, the seeds that you want to buy. You put them in your available area. Uh, the next step is planting. So you can take those seeds that you've just bought. And I think we likened this to like going, going to, to the nursery. nursery yeah. yeah, so you buy the seeds, you plant the seeds, you can plant them, as you said earlier, David, uh, if you've got a small tree, you can put it one space around it. If it's a, a middle, medium-sized tree, two spaces. If it's a oh, large, yeah. three. Right. So hmm. you, that's your area where you can plant a seed. Now, the important thing to remember here is you can't plant... Uh, oh, actually, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. So the next step is growing a tree. So after you've planted, you grow your tree. Uh, you can increase the size from a small to a medium to a large, and that or costs from you a seed to a small from, from a seed. Yeah, exactly. So that costs you one, two, or three light points. Mm. The final step is collecting, where you get to take the old growth tree, so the, the tallest one mm. on the board. Well, uh, where you murder it and take it to the uh, timberland, lumberland yeah. for, for cash. That's uh, that's the one that nobody really feels good about doing no, so the old trees tend to stay on you, there but there's only two big trees you've got anyway yeah. uh, a point that you're about to make halfway through that was yeah was, um, you can't do more than one activity on the same, same circle right. ever yeah so you can't buy the seed plant the seed grow the seed and keep until you, yeah you've got to choose a different uh a, you can do the same action as many times as you want as long as you've got the light points but you can't do it to the same point of origin yeah, and that's it. That's a life cycle phase. It then moves on to the next step, which is to, uh, well, end the round. Yeah, and, and that's it, it. And you end the, end the round by just um, passing the player token, and move. Next player then moves the sun. The sun goes around, and then because as the trees grow and the the lineup of they are, a, a large tree will cast a shadow over a medium tree. Yeah. Or a small tree, and a medium one will catch us over a small. That's seeds right. you kind of ignore for a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, seeds aren't going to earn you anything uh, uh, during the light fa- photosynthesis phase anyway because they're below the ground or it's assumed. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about pro tips for the game. Mm, uh, sure. My big one is that it's very easy to forget that you have to buy trees and seeds off your board and into your pool before you can put them on the board and use them. Yeah, so you find that your available space, your available pool is is dry. You don't have anything there to put out on the board. Mm. Very important. I That's think right. that caught it's me. It's a game of planning a turn ahead for sure. Yeah, that, 
that caught me out. And because there's a downfall to it, because if you don't have a vacant spot on your player board and you, like, say, grow a seed to a tree, you'll take that seed off of the main board. Yeah. It can go back to your player board. But if there's no spot because you haven't freed it up by buying a seed, uh, then it just goes back into the box yeah, and you lose forever. it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the player board has this really cool way of punishing you for that because they're, they're listed in columns and you draw off the bottom of the column and work your way up. And the price of the same item when you get towards the top of the board is, is a lot more expensive. Yeah. So you need to keep that restocked to the bottom to get a good value and get more value out of your sun points. That's real. I think the way that that's been designed is really clever too because it, it I think, it wants you to play as much as you can with the pieces that you've got on those relatively uh, lower cost tiers and have them keep recycling, recycling uh, from the board so that you, you, Mm. rather than having them put in the box. However, if you do go hell for leather and you put everything out on the board, you do get to this point where it's going to cost you more to get them anyway, to get it out, to get them out. It's almost like a, Genuine life cycle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's exactly right. My pro tip is to not get too carried away with how beautiful your forest is. Like when you, <laughs> because you do that, you yeah, get all these yeah. trees and you get them and you go, ah, oh, I've got a mighty tree yeah. there. And you just want to leave it there because you're going to soak up points and soak up sun points and you're getting a lot of value out of it. But remember, having a big tree on the board at the end of the game isn't worth anything. No. You want to be able to um, collect your tree and harvest it for what you're getting and then start again and try and get those big trees happening because that's the only way you're going to get actual victory points. Mm. Um, so the first time we played, it wasn't until real late in the game that we went, oh, I'm going to cut down my big tree that's been enemy three light points every turn. And that was probably too late. You know, we should start, you should be quite vindictive with it and get it done Getting through the process, quickly. yeah. If, you know, if you, you've also got to time it right. This is, we made so many parallels to so many different games uh, in this regard, it reminded me of Small World where there was the right time to harvest and the right time to just play one, one more round, get as much money or value or um, you know, and then go value for the decline. next round. Yeah, and then go into decline. Yeah. You've got to pull, you've got to move, do it just at the right time. Yeah. The temptation is also there to get your, get, grow your tree into the middle become the biggest tree in the centre of the board, soak mm. up all the light. However, you can then be blocked in by everybody else and therefore get no light out of that too. So that If everyone happen. gets big, big trees around you, yeah, yeah you can yeah. have... Like, and, and then I, I, this is where the game, several plays in now, I'm still not sure how to play this game, <laughs> which is great because how you, what the strategy is for how you line up your trees, I'm not so sure mm. what it is. Because if you imagine this sun is going around the around the board, there are times if you do a straight line where yeah. your own trees are going to block out your own trees. Yeah. So you want a sort of a staggered thing, right? But then if you're staggered, you sort of spread out a little bit more, which invites your opponents to have trees which block you block out you, a little yeah. bit more. So what's cool about it is certain rounds, you're going to kill it. You're going to get so many light points. But the next round, you might not get any. Yeah, I know that first time we played, mm. that's exactly what happened to me. I was consistently getting every turn every photosynthesis turn to if any points at all yeah meanwhile and seven and eights and tens and elevens are getting drawn down and, and you're getting that killed. made it so difficult i could not get in back into the game but having said that mm. i didn't hate that i i was completely soaked up in the theme i enjoyed that that fact uh, I, it's like I fully understood why that was happening because I wasn't getting any light. I wasn't in a great mm. position. There it's are natural selection, of, Matt. There are plenty of things I could have done 
but I didn't have the light points to do it, unfortunately. Uh, and, and it was, like I said, about position. Yeah. But is there a... I'm Is sure with experience, to unlock with it. The there's position. a strategy to gaining yeah. a foothold back in the game. Yeah. I love this. I loved that I was losing. I, I was losing and didn't care. <laughs> that was the great thing about this game, and why and I, what so impressed me about it. Jamie, did you get to the nuts and bolts of how to place your trees early and to watch what your opponent's doing? Because there is a bit of take that to it. This isn't a Euro gamer where you're all heads down doing your own thing. There's a lot of take that to this. Yeah, look, I I had some ideas early on, but I found very quickly that. With four players all playing in quite a limited space, your small world analogy is not a bad one. Mm. Um, you, you're very much competing for the resources like species of plants really would in a forest. And, um, and so it's very often about making the most of those big turns that you get, those ones where you are getting a lot of light, yeah. and trying to just grow your trees big enough that they're not getting blocked out from uh, by, by other players' trees. And... Uh, hoping for the best it's 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 actually quite hard sometimes to formulate a winning strategy because you're just trying to get something going yeah and i had that i had that sense in the back of my head you know like those learning tips from playing magic you know where just the you know there's this low low bars that you set where he who spends the most mana will generally win the game because they're you know they're, they're getting card they're getting always yeah. getting the cards out there they're getting the most value cards out there so that's what I yeah. was looking at, thinking, right, I want, if I've got seven light points to spend, I want to be getting through them all. They do carry over to the next round if you have a few yeah. left over. Yep. But so you, you really be, but you kind of always think, oh, I really want to be getting through them all, so I'm getting the mo- my most impact out on the board. And I'm not sure For if that's sure. the right way to think about it, but I suspect it might be. It's, it's funny. When we played, well, when Travis was raking it in, and he was consistently 14, 15, 18 points... Yeah, uh, without too much hassle at all. And he had like a stupid three line of trees on one side of the board. Yeah. It seems so innocuous. He also he also forgot that rule a lot of the time too, where you need to make sure you've got space on your player board, otherwise you end up losing your trees. Because mm. he lost a fair whack of seeds and trees. But he didn't seem to care either. No, and it, didn't. And, um, didn't he win? He did win, and didn't, <laughs> so it didn't affect. So but you think he's he not... getting punished, and you're thinking, well, that should be bad for him, but that didn't kind of work out. So there's, no. a, there's an aggro approach to this. He yeah. always plays aggro, and you know, and it's also, it's also not the end of the world to lose a couple of trees. No, no. As long as you're not losing too many and, and actually putting yourself backwards, um, you need to continue, You need to develop a sustainable ecosystem. Bizarre as it is to say that about this game. Yeah, and and that's it. The the seeds and the small trees don't go up in price. Actually, the medium trees don't go up in price until you get past that. Until you've lost the first two, and then they then they're going to go up. Yeah. So you, there is there is a bit of a buffer there for you. I think Travis was well into the buffer, and then by the by the time it got so far into the game, he wasn't all that worried about seeds costing two because he was drawing down so much light from yeah, everywhere that's else. Right. Yeah. Which are are all points, and then at the end of the game, the amount of uh, light points you have left translate to extra victory points. I think think this is a testament to the the quality of this game is it's so easy to get into. Like we said, pretty much all ages are in. It says 8+, and that's that's easy. You can do it. 8 and above is fine. But after having played it for a month, there are still levels to this game, which... Which we don't know. Which you know, it's like I was able to play it and play it in a couple yeah. of different ways, but I'm not so sure what I'm doing to try and really get that win. You know, I'm I don't feel yeah. like a, a yeah. master of this game this by game a long really shot. Plays at two different levels. Hmm. Um, it's very easy to play just as, as a, a nice little let's grow a forest game. Yeah. Um, 
and you'll get some quite random results out of that, and all sorts of things can happen, that's okay. But because trees can block light from other trees, there is a really cutthroat blocking game involved For sure. here yeah. as well. Yeah. And it changes um, from each turn to each mix turn. Mix those two, you're going to have a bad play experience. <laughs> you, yeah. you want to make sure you're playing with players who are all going to have a good time, or all going to be cutthroat. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of, that, and that's what happened to me. I, I, got my, I had the light cut out from me consistently and but i guess i was enjoying the theme enjoying the game enjoying this forest that we were creating and cutting down and rebuilding regrowing uh that it didn't bother me at all this is the kind of game that once you have got that forest out there you want to take a photo of it you want to (laughs) because it creates a beautiful thing on the table uh we we always throw out i have taken so many photos of this game it's crazy we 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 throw throw out a picture of uh, the the early playthrough uh, on Instagram mm. just to show what we're up to, and it was like that. It's like you take one photo, and as soon as that's out there, you're going, "Oh, but now we've played another ten fifteen minutes. This is looking cool too. We should get out there." And you just got to. You, know, you, you don't some. even need to add a filter on this when you take the photos because it's the colours are so mm. rich and vivid that it's almost like you've put a filter on it. You just need to fuzzy the edges to make it more artistic. We should we should touch on a few <laughs> things because um, yeah, we need to kind of wrap it up to. To win the game, what you need is to collect those trees, uh, collect the discs and the points, yeah. and you drag them in front of you. And at the end of the game, simple enough, you just add them up. But you can also add, um, there's uh, depending on how many light points you have at yeah. the end as well, they uh, break down to threes. If you, for, you get one victory point for every three light yep. points you have. And even the player board in front of you has that set out so easy so you can, instead of having to count them all up and divide by three and all that sort of tricky maths, yeah. it, it's already good out there for you. So, One thing we didn't, know, uh, we didn't mention about the, the victory point tokens for cut, chopping down the trees or for removing the trees, uh, collecting the trees, as I, should, I think is the correct terminology, uh, it's a descending value. So as you go deeper, the more trees are collected or harvested, the lower the points get. So there's a re- maximum reward. If you're the first or second th- person to do it, then the reward for doing it becomes less and less for each area yeah, yeah. of the board. So for the one, the two, the three level. So it does decrease. So that kind of encourages you to get to your get chopping trees down early the yeah. from the outside. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a great variant with this. I was just going to get yeah. into that, yeah. Which is uh, you get to... I'll let you well, because yeah. I've got, I've got it right here. Uh, yeah. So you can include the fourth sun revolution counter, giving the sun another revolution around the board. Yep. And then the other one, which make is quite interesting: players cannot plant a seed or grow a tree when that seed or tree is shadowed by another tree. That's so that just takes it another level deeper. That's cool, and it's still on theme, still fine. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, it it, allow, it encourages you just to plan ahead. There's, I can imagine people really sitting there and playing this like a chess grandmaster, you know, as well. You know, really yeah. thinking ahead, plotting it out. It's cool, cool stuff. This is a game that lives the theme. Actually, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of games where it's just plastered on. Yeah. But I think everything about this, this about photosynthesis uh, speaks to the theme. Uh, it's a really, really yeah, clever the theme and mechanics are married beautifully in this game. For mm-hmm. a first game, uh, first thing- game designer too. Yeah. One thing we didn't mention before, um, there are no expansions for this game, mm. but it is honestly super, super ripe for, for an app, I think. Um, yes, yeah. Once, uh, I'm sure they'll get to it, um, but it'll, it'll be beautiful um, digitally. And if you really, really want an expansion for the, uh, for the physical game, 
you just put some bees in the box and yeah. uh, that <laughs> yeah. would be more, even more lifelike. <laughs> does does keep it you know, on the edge of your seat. Well, I think that is something about bog-off games, blue-orange games for those playing at home, that they seem to have a lot of Easter eggs in their art. Have you noticed that? Yes. You know, like yep. We had that with um, Queen Domino, didn't yes, we? Where yeah. there's all little, little characters doing weird things. And yep. in the trees, there's all sorts of different characters around. And on the back of... There's always seems to be a lot of art with just little variances that yeah. keep you observing things and noticing, like, oh, that's cool, you know. Oh, I really like that. That's a touch. Cool. Instead of just uh, everything is... Uh, the copy. board itself reminds me of um, Ant Island from uh, Bugs Life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Verdict? Who would you play this with? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. I think even my yeah, mum. I would be a little bit more hesitant. Like I said, I think you've got to make sure that you are playing this with people who are all going into it the same way. They're either going into it to play a pretty game about trees or they're going into it to play a cutthroat Euro where they can <laughs> block each other all day. I think that's everybody, um, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a Venn diagram of some people in the middle there. Hard-nosed game of bastards and <laughs> well, people who but, but don't like nature. I wouldn't mix the two. I think you'd oh, no. play experience. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't mix it, but you could play it. Yeah. But when you're saying that this this game could be the one that uh, that breaks the mold and gets family gaming night it happens in the Matt McHale yeah, household yep. with the wife who doesn't really like to play games. Yep, absolutely. Oh. I'm not that confident about it. It's it's that, yeah. which is why I think timing is a very unfortunate thing for this game because it's come out at the end of the year. You know, Spiel has already been done. This is going. Uh, this is going to be looked at for Spiel. It would be. It's going to be. But I think. I it think doesn't matter if it comes out in the year. It's too early. Doesn't like, matter. It tends to get overshadowed by what's to come. You know, I think. Oh, no, I, I could be completely wrong. But, they couldn't but, do it that way because then there'd be timing games yeah. releases for bang on right before yeah. Spiel happened. And I would then love that would... this to be a. Uh, this would be a. This would be a Spiel pick for me. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do they? Is there a German there, release? But uh, that said, I think next month's game might give it a bit of a run for its money too. Oh, okay. You'll have to tell us what next month's game is in a minute. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I've forgotten. If I knew, if I knew, I'm still waiting. I was still want to play uh, Dark Omens. Dark Omens. And just open the box. Dark yeah. Omens. Did I say that wrong? I don't know that one, but it oh, no, no, no. Sorry, not Dark yeah. Omens. Oh, I've forgotten the name. Of Dark, uh, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. ah, right, yeah, when you apparently when you open it up, it says inside you've died. Well, then you just pack up the box, don't you? Oh, great. I don't know. That's, if we're playing, if we're playing like Dark Souls. Sort of photosynthesis. There is yeah. nothing. Inside, it's all life. So I'm trying to make it all dark and spooky again by talking about like horror monster games. We're in photosynthesis. It's pretty. Let's feel positive. There's nothing dead about this game. There's nothing. No. Nothing dead about it. Um, in fact, it celebrates life. So we're playing it with everybody, all yeah. age yeah. groups. And yeah, I, I, can't wait. I can't wait to see this one. Uh, played by people everywhere because you know as, as it rolls out in good games doing yeah. the doing the uh, game of the month this month I reckon there's going to be a lot of happy people playing this game you know where uh, I, think so. I think if you could take down the Habbo display Habbo yeah. Habbo display put this in its place and Throw it would look trees. like an amazing amazing thing out in front of the store yeah anyway all right. Well, um, oh, no. Uh, so, you ready? Uh, is there anything else we can talk about for half an hour? Because otherwise, we're going to have to stop <laughs> this and do Matt's quiz. Well, uh, at least we get the good theme song. Oh, there's that. Oh, there is that. Matter of fact, here it is now. It's time for Matt's quiz. Matt's quiz, Matt's quiz, Matt's quiz, Matt's quiz. Matt's quiz. 
Matt's quiz. Matt's quiz. My quiz. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Are you guys ready? Of course. We're, that's just, we're just, hurry are, you, are you ever ready? Can you no. ever be ready? No. Jamie, you got a scribbler? I have a scribbler. Every, Excellent. Look, every time we do a quiz, you know, it's one of those things, no pain, no gain, you know, or, or every landing <laughs> that you can walk away from is a good one. It's something to be experienced. That's I, for sure. I find my Batman doodles get better and better the more Matt's quizzes See, that I do. I'm helping. I'm yeah. helping your, uh, your, your, character, your character drawings, character, yeah. caricatures. I'm sure there's one of me in there somewhere. All right. Photosynthesis quiz. Question one. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's going to be on things I don't know anything about. Absolutely. 1A. <laughs> uh, in, in which country yeah. will you find the following forests? Okay. Okay. So, A, the Daintree Rainforest. Which country is it in? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, really? No, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know where that is, but I'm glad. No, <laughs> that's the one. If, if, you don't, if no one gets that one, I'm going to slap them. All right. B, but you know I'm no good at, well, hang <laughs> on, I'm geography. not going to say anything. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm good at, fair enough. I'm, the I feel like I'm good at geography. I'm just not good at geography in certain parts of the world. Well, it gets worse. And I might live in some of those areas. Fair right. enough. Okay. What about B, the Crooked Forest? Ooh. Where that's... is the Crooked Forest? Hmm. In a Dr. Seuss book, just down the crooked lane near the crooked house. Well, it could be somewhere near C, which is the Black Forest. Okay, that's in the bakery down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Black. Where is the Black Forest? And D. Where is Redwood National Park? Oh, okay. Where is Redwood National Park? And this is not bad so far, Matt. You know, I think there's. A, it's, I think if you score in fifty. To 75%, you're doing all right. Oh, I can bring it down. I'll no, no don't bring question. it down. All, all right. right. <laughs> question two. Yeah. Which one of the following is not poisonous? Which one of the following plants is not poisonous? Oh, plants. I was going to okay. say Matt's quiz, poisonous. <laughs> yeah. Which one of the following plants is not poisonous? Mm. Deadly nightshade. Yeah. Hemlock. Mm. Rosary pea. <laughs> I did a rosary pea once. <laughs> I was in the church. No, no, no. Forget about it. No, it doesn't matter. Okay. I'm going to no, start I drank again. a lot of water. <laughs> Deadly nightshade. Yeah. Hemlock. Rosary pea. Satin darkness. <laughs> Which one of those is not poisonous? <laughs> All right. Ready for question three? Jamie? Satin darkness. Yeah. Wasn't that the lead singer for Hot Chocolate? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Cool. Uh, question three, which festive plant grows rampantly without the assistance of photosynthesis most of the year? Which mm. festive plant grows rampantly without the assistance of photosynthesis for most of the year? Father Christmas's beard. Yeah, it's well, just like a fungus that <laughs> grows at the North Pole, even when the sun's down at the South Pole. <laughs> Funny enough, this is related to question four. Christmas uh, mushrooms. Well, yeah. another variety of plant life that's not requiring photosynthesis is known as a saprophyte. Uh, oh. These grow out of knowledge of the following. Do they grow out of dead organic matter? Do they grow out of stagnant water? Or do they grow out of compacted snow? Ooh. So where, what do saprophytes grow out of? An extra point if you can tell me what a saprophyte is. What that's an example. A, that's a, oh, is it a female or a male ghost that comes down and has sex with you while you're asleep? It's one of them, isn't it? Is that on wrong track? Um, oh, you got to look in your face. Just move well, on. We're fine. That, <laughs> it could be. Suck you, what? No, no, no. no I forget <laughs> it. No. A saprophyte. 
Mm. Question five. This one's called Monster Movie Plants. Do you know your monster movie plants? Yes, I do. Excellent. Question five A. Yeah. Uh, plants that blind you with venom and then take over the world. Yes. What movie is that from? Are they I from? Am. I'm just writing down this other one that I've thought of. Well, okay. I uh, so 5A. Yeah. Which plants blind you? Uh, what movie? In what movie do plants blind you with venom and then take over the world? Mm-hmm. B. A giant man-eating plant demands to be fed. What movie does that oh, that's particular the one I wrote plant down come earlier from? On. Yeah. Okay, a giant man-eating plant that demands to be fed. Or C, or not or C, and C, a mutated killer fruit that threatens to destroy the world. What is the movie that that is from? A mutated killer, killer fruit. fruit that threatens to destroy the world. Oh, that sounds like a comedy one, that one. Could be, could be mm, not. Or Japanese, same thing, really. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Question six. Games with flora. These are games with a flora theme. Uh, the first one. This oh, game. This is, this is the Graham. This is the uh, Aaron Graham. This would be, this be is so where he would excel. He would yeah, love this. Absolutely. This, is, this, this is his thing. He loves to play a board game and come away smelling of soil. I feel that this has been a very quick quiz so far. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. You, I can see there's a big smile on your face. Uh, 6A. <laughs> let's see if we can change it. 6A. Yeah. So, Games with Flora. This card game has you trick-taking petals. Yeah. A. This card game has you trick-taking petals. Right. 6B. A tile-arranging board game that has you planting in garden beds. Tile-arranging board game that has you planting in garden beds. Just naming everything that Aaron's talked about ever here. Excellent. And 6C. In this tile-placing game, you play as tree spirits tending to a mystical forest. Tile-placing card game where you play as tree spirits tending to a mystical forest. What is the name of those games? What are the names of those games? Yeah. Last question, number seven. Yeah. Name me two wood spirits from Greek mythology. (laughs) Oh, no. Name me two wood spirits from Greek mythology. Right. I feel we had a podcast earlier in the year about like, yeah. about something similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. How uh, are you going? Ready for some answers there, Jamie? Yeah, I think I'm good. Excellent. This could be the highest scoring one ever from the, uh, the, the quickness. Maybe. Or yeah. the lowest. Anyway. There's not a lot of complaining. I haven't even started Batman yet. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, we're off now. There we go. There's his head. Yeah, there's his head. Okay, question one. In which country <laughs> will you find the following forest? Uh, Jamie, the Dane Tree. Australia. Surprisingly, I put that too. I've, <laughs> I did all right there. I yeah, panicked. I think it's pretty well known. I, the only reason for panic there was I thought you were going to say what state it's in. I'm out. Ah, fair enough. New South Wales? That'd be Queensland. Queensland, right. All right. Uh, Thanks. David, the Crooked Forest is in. Oh, you said it was something like you mentioned the Black Forest later on, and I don't think you'd do it twice, so I went for Poland. Went close. What do you think, Jamie? It's Canada, I think. It's actually Poland. Well thought out there, David. Man, thank you. Uh, and, of course, next to the Crooked Forest in Poland is the Black Forest, which is in, Jamie? Germany. Canada. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I put Germany <laughs> as well. It's Germany. <laughs> and Redwood National Park is in, David? The US of A. Jamie, do you agree or disagree? It is the 
US of A. It is. Nice. Okay, nice. great. Good stuff. Just got a I feel. shout out to Rob from uh, Good Games World. He's, he's always holidaying over there. I'm sure that was somewhere we would see him. Redwood? Yeah, why not? He's everywhere. Isn't that home to the, those, those really giant redwoods? Like, like ridiculously big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that you need like 20 people to join hands around. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't Sounds that, like somewhere I'd like to go. Isn't that where they shot um, Return of the Jedi? When they were, they were running through, they ran through the trees with a camera. And, you know, swerving side to side. They literally shot Return of the Jedi there. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. In Endor. I'm sure yeah, it was probably. somewhere like the, Yeah, anyway. <laughs> probably. Mm. Uh, question two. Which of the following is not poisonous? Uh, Deadly Nightshade, Hemlock, Rosary Pea, or Satin Darkness. Jamie, which one of those is not poisonous? Uh, Satin Darkness. David, what do you think? I think it is Satin Darkness because it sounds dangerous, but I went for Rosary Pea because it sounded funny. But I think, honestly, I think I've written that down and I wish I'd I'd put the last one because I think it's Satin Darkness. Jamie's right. Satin mm. darkness is the one that is not poisonous. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like one you'd throw in there to make us think it was evil. Absolutely. That's a red yeah. stinking herring. All right. Mm. Question three: Which festive plant grows rapidly without the assistance of photosynthesis for most of the year? David, uh, mistletoe. What do you think, Jamie? I said mistletoe. It is mistletoe. It's actually a Ooh. a hemiparasitic plant which takes all its nutrients and whatnot. I like from orchids. From other plants. Orchids do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it grows off stuff, which gives it food. Uh, this which is, leads into question four. This is bizarre. This is a bizarre experience. This is a, uh, an interesting and satisfying <laughs> Matt's quiz so far. Well, um, <laughs> I'm wondering if at the end of this is going, and ladies and gentlemen, this will be my last Matt's quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Good night and farewell. Well, that was in my bucket list. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah if I complete well, a half decent David, Matt's quiz. A, a quiz that David doesn't complain about. Well, uh, I'll stop doing them. Yeah. All right. I'm sure we'll get a complaint somewhere. I'm hoping uh, question four. Yeah. Another variety of plant life not requiring photosynthesis is a saprophyte. These grow out of which one of the following? Dead organic matter, stagnant water, or compacted snow? Jamie. Uh, decaying matter. I went with the same thing. Thanks for multiple choice, Matt. So the answer is? Yeah. Yep, dead organic matter. Can you give me, for an extra point, can you give me an example of a saprophyte, Jamie? A mushroom. What about you, David? Yeah, I was going for fungi of yeah, any yeah, right. Yeah, mushrooms. So literally, they don't require photosynthesis at all. They take all of their nutrients from the dead material. Yeah, you just they, yeah, gr- they them gross-looking things that just like hang out on logs and stuff, and you, as you're walking along, you just go, yeah. yeah. And if you've, that, played, them, right? if you've played um, uh, The Last of Us... You know how they're no. all, all, all the zombie creatures are all covered in like fungus type growths. Oh, are they? That's cool. Oh, yeah, so they actually oh, a that. nice take on the zombie genre. Actually, yeah, they uh, yeah take all the nutrients and stuff out of the body. Hopefully, I can get my um, my consoles back and running uh, once I oh, once this my children start behaving themselves in time for the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. two monster movie plants. Five mm. A. Jamie, a plant that uh, plants that blind you with venom and then take over the world is, of course, which movie? Don't say yeah, of the course. Day of the trippers. Don't say of course, because then when we get it wrong, we oh, look like true. proper idiots. Yeah, that, that, well, that, then we go. That brings down the tone of the thing, and you have, gives you something to complain about. There yeah. we go. We'll be back next. Yeah, month. I've got David the trippers as well. All right, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, giant man-eating plant demanding to be fed. David. Uh, little shop of horrors. Jamie. Little shop of horrors. Feed and me Seymour. Feed me Seymour. Yeah. Mutilated, kill, uh, mutilated, mutilated, mutated killer fruit threatening to destroy the world. Jamie. Uh, 
Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. David, that's what I put as well. Wow. Is that right? It's right. Yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> Fruit, you try to trick us, yes, but... Yes, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Games with Flora, this will sort you out. I've played a Matt's quiz before. <laughs> 6A, this card game has you trick-taking petals, uh, Jamie. Trick-taking. Lotus. David. I put Lotus as well, but I don't know what you mean by trick-taking. Well, in a sense, you're collecting collect sets of... When you trick-take oh. in bridge or whatever it is, you collect okay. combinations or sets of. Okay, right. All right, anyway. That's uh, correct. 6B. It was correct. Oh, that's good. Uh, Tile-arranging board game that has you planting <sighs> garden beds, David. Uh, cottage garden? Jamie? Cottage garden? Correct. <laughs> oh, man. That's ridiculous. I've got no idea oh, what that game is about. I've All just right. seen it. It's, a, it's about growing... Uh, plants in a garden bed. Yeah. I thought that was in the question. All right, question 6C. Uh, in this tile-placing card game, you play as tree spirits tending to a mystical forest. Jamie, what game is that? Uh, Kodama, the tree spirits. What game oh, is that, David? God. I put Mystic Veil because <laughs> I couldn't remember what the actual narrative to that story was, and I thought maybe that's what we were. That's pretty good, pretty good, but the answer is Kodama. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Kodama. It's a nice little game. In fact... Is that on wide distribution or is that around? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. uh, I can't remember who puts it out. Is it? Hmm. Uh, I think it's Indie Boards and Cards. It's, um, it was Kickstarter originally. It's it was, okay. yeah. I think, actually, if, just going back to photosynthesis, I think... Kadama and photosynthesis, if you're playing with a bunch of tree-hugging hippies, yeah. is a perfect match for an evening's entertainment. Oh, we'll Absolutely, get... it's your tree-themed game night. We'll get uh, Aaron in, he would love that. Question seven. Name me two wood spirits from Greek oh, mythology, shit. David. Name me one. Uh, dryad. Name me another one, Jamie. A wood nymph. What about another one, David? I just said nymph. Another, have you got another one there, Jamie? I had a dryad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, dryads and well, I would have accepted dryads. So yeah. Both got a point there. Tick. And oreads. Okay. <clears throat> which I think are kind of like a. So there's no nymph going on. on. No, no nymph. Well, are you sure? No, no nymph. I'm sure we could probably challenge you. I'm sure there's wood nymphs. Yeah, there, there is, but yeah. not in necessarily not in, in Matt, Greek answers or Matt's quiz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Matt's quiz, that was it. Should we, should we even yeah. talk? I've got that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points. Twelve points. Jeez, I think you play against yourself in this game. You know, I've, I've just outscored myself. Do you know the thing? I, I think I've grown your uh, your uh, knowledge in this quiz. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Okay. Well, to grow more knowledge, do you know how much you scored, Jamie? That's what you're playing against at home. Try and beat 13. All right, for real knowledge and excitement, we've got Jamie's top 10 right after this theme tune. Thanks, Daniel. Photosynthesis is all about the creation of life from limited resources. Sure what is. if we had unlimited futuristic resources? Then we'd be creating at least 10 amazing synthetic life forms. Imagine then 
that a podcaster in the 21st century assembled those synthetic life forms into some sort of list and counted them down from number 10 to number one. <laughs> you might get something a little like Jamie's top 10 synthetic life forms. <laughs> yeah, Good. Stretch it out to something we really care about. Nice. Well done. High five. <laughs> I thought you'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. Number 10 <clears throat> is Marvin the Paranoid Android. Yes. In a world where artificial intelligence in the cinema is breaking free of its programming and trying to destroy humanity, an android who is more intelligent than any human could ever hope to be, but still subservient to them and unhappy about it, is a breath of fresh air. Marvin was one of the greatest comedic weapons in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy's arsenal and stands the test of time for everyone who has the brain of a size of the planet. <laughs> Glad to be of service. Yes, I'm looking at our um, the the what is it the automatic vacuum floor cleaner yeah, for the pod yeah. uh, his name is marvin it is marvin because he doesn't work anymore as soon as you press go he steps off of the recharger and goes now nah, fuck it i'm out and backs up and straight on the thing he's totally broken but i, I keep him around because i like that kind of attitude ah fair enough yeah um i'll tell you what the Hitchhiker's the galaxy movie was a bit hit in missing places but alan rickman as marvin the paranoid <laughs> oh yeah it's just the best casting in the universe yeah I enjoy, I enjoyed um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in high school, and not so much in every other time I've read it since. And so, and I didn't enjoy the movie, but that first time was absolute gold. It just hit me at the right time. That sense of humour, yeah. great. Yeah, no, he, he's yeah. I got nothing else to add. I agree oh, with you totally. So, shut up, man. Yeah, so I will. What's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine is K nine. Ah, yeah, K nine. Kooky, clunky, or kitsch names, but none of them beats K9, the doctor's robot dog. Mistress, K9 mistress. K9 through time with Tom Baker, the longest-serving and most popular doctor of the original series, then reappeared with fan-favorite companion Sarah Jane Smith in her own spin-off show and put in an appearance opposite David Tennant's doctor. Brave, inquisitive, and selfless, K9 will always be an iconic part of the Doctor Who mythos. Wait, so he... K9 was only a Tom Baker... I thought it was the one after that with the guy that was on Great All Creatures Great and Small. Yeah, but wow, was he? Did he start it with Tom Baker? That way, doesn't it? Like it feels like he was everywhere, but he wasn't. He was only in Tom Baker's stories. Huh. He was there for about five years on the show. Yeah, well, to be fair, Tom Baker was the last time that I watched Doctor Who. I tuned in. I'm dead keen to be a Doctor a Whovian. Um and but I caught a bit. I didn't know it was Doctor Who, and I saw a bit of it the other day on TV. Yeah. And I was going, this is absolutely dreadful. Didn't know what show it was. Started making fun of it. Then I was going, then I, I did make fun of David Tennant. I said, that guy looks a little bit like David Tennant. But he had like a, a hazmat um, outfit on. Sure. Then I saw uh, What's Her Name from Penny, Penny Dreadful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who am I trying to say? I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh, the, the girl, yeah, Hank, what's that? Billy Piper. Billy, Billy Piper. Piper. Yeah, I saw her and I said, she's, she's dreadful. But hang on a minute. She's the one from Penny. And then I started to piece it together, had a real look at the David Tennant one and sort of realised, oh, my God, this is Doctor Who. Uh-huh. I'm never going to get into the show ever. <laughs> Sorry to say that, listeners. I know there's a lot of you that are into it. But I, I don't think I could ever bridge that gap. Even with K9. The funny thing about K9 is... All through the Tom Baker years, okay, K9, he didn't fly. I don't remember him ever flying. But with, <laughs> no, he wouldn't. with the spin-off with Sarah Jane, he flew. I'm pretty sure he mm-hmm. levitated, which reminds me of R2-D2 oh, yeah. never flying ever 
Well, he did when he was early age. But on. then go back to the prequels. He flew, and then he never flew again. No, but he was on. But uh, Luke Skywalker was flying him. He was forcing him through the air, wasn't he? He was no, hovering no, no, him. No, he was he like had, doing the rocks up boosters. in the air. He had little boosters that just did he? Yeah, that caused when did him that to happen? fly. That oh, was in, in Return of the Jedi when the sail no, barge. No, in, um, did that happen then? No, no, that was in um, Attack of the Clones. Oh, well, that's a cartoon. That doesn't count. Oh, no. no the, oh, the Clone Wars. Oh, the, the Clone Wars. The, the, Attack, it? Oh, so it's one of the prequels. Attack of the Clones, yeah. No, the they don't count either. That's all <laughs> but, garbage. But, but, I mean, that's what I mean. They, they completely broke it because yeah. R2 never flew again. Yeah. yeah. Well, K, I would like to also add, K9 is one of the sources of my greatest embarrassments. When um, I was doing a quiz, quiz night on a cruise... I was yeah, yeah, I was on a cruise. I wasn't proud, but it was fun. It was fun in the end. And part of this cruise was what was the uh, the second highest mountain after Everest? And I can remember something in National <laughs> Geographic being about, and the answer was K two, right? And I thought, oh, it's K two. But my head told me to write down K nine because I'm more familiar with the fact yeah. that Doctor Who has a dog called K nine. So I wrote K nine down. Then when they were reading out the answers, those pricks up the front wrote, "Some idiot wrote down K 9 and that was me. <laughs> so I blushed. Oh, so you blushed and said, oh, what an idiot. Yeah, and no, no, my son was with me. He was looking up at me going like, shaking his head, and like, well, oh, man, I'm on the team with this guy. I go, shut up, we've got to play Matt's quiz later. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you might not be the only idiot in the world because there was another one a few hundred years ago called Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, there was. And he created number eight, Frankenstein's Monster, a collection of sewn-together body parts reanimated by lightning Creature's painful journey to find a place in the world and a mate brought it to repeated conflict with humanity and Frankenstein himself. Mary Shelley's tale has inspired countless imitators, but the creature itself remains apart from the crowd in a world of created life, serving as a powerful metaphor for science misused. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, David just had to, had to leave his seat. I, I have to say, he had to leave his seat to point something out because I was listening to you saying eight, number eight, and uh, what the hell are you talking about? I had no idea. Um, well, he said Frankenstein, right? Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, right? so, so I knew who Frankenstein there's a picture, was. There's a picture of Frankenstein's monster on the wall. I'm going, there he is up there looking resplendent. <laughs> but what was the eight thing? <laughs> it's number eight. Number eight in, in Jamie's top ten. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is why he does uh, the quiz, yeah. doesn't answer the questions. <laughs> Frankenstein is great. If you're going to read... Uh, you know when you start to read one of these oldie-worldie books and it gets yeah. a bit wordy and you think, fuck, I'm out of this. Granted, any kind of Shakespeare, just put it down, forget about it, it doesn't matter. Mary Shelley's books, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein starts off like that, mm. but you push on, you know, like we talked about with Netflix episodes and yeah, everything, yeah. and say a couple of pages in, it starts to get the flow of it and it's fine, and then you're in and it's such a good book. It's really good, really, it's really good. Pacey, yeah. There are yeah. things that can help you with that too, like uh, HP. Uh, literary podcast HPs. Pod- yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they'll help you get through that sort they of stuff. They did. They did Frankenstein actually. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Right. Number seven. Don't don't get confused, Matt. Number seven is number seven. Yeah, he will then give now. us the content. So, okay, where I was yeah. coming from was I was thinking. Okay, was Frankenstein's monster like was that creature the eighth attempt? That's where I was going with that. Don't, was like, is don't try and take us inside your thought process, Matt. Let's get back to Jamie. I want to hear what number seven is. Number seven. Number seven is Bishop. Bishop oh, yeah. is an example of Asimov's laws of robotics and the template for later more sophisticated androids, aiding Ripley and kicking ass while he did so. When he obeyed the laws of robotics, well, sorry, while he obeyed the laws of robotics, 
He was not without personality, displaying humour, concern, and even a little vanity at times. Seeing him get torn in half was traumatic for me as a child, so I gave him a spot on the list. It was the goopy white stuff that came out of him, which was the grossest bit, wasn't it? Because you're thinking, that's his blood, and they've just got it everywhere. And when he talks, he's, like, gargling it and shit, but he's still alive. Woo. It really was was messed up, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great actor. I I think he was very formative in my uh, television watching years. And Sigourney Weaver, she just trusted Lance a little bit more than what she did. She should have given him cred. <laughs> My cred was due. But uh, there was also before him uh, Ash, as there well. Was. There's been a number. I mean, you could also put Michael Fassbender on here, yeah. much as Prometheus is not as good as Alien no. or Aliens. Uh, his performance is excellent. And, and he makes a fantastic, terrifying android. Yeah, look, I agree. I don't like I don't like um, Prometheus. I haven't bought it, and but it is beautiful, and there are good performances in it, but there are dreadful things to it as well. But let's, yeah. we're detracting from yep. the, the point of, yes. uh, Bishop, of, the good, of the good stuff. Bishop, awesome android. Yeah, and the uh, the knife bit, you know, he's going like with the yeah. you know that that was cool too. Oh, you know. Oh, no, they did it on one of the other characters. I was thinking about this character the other day. There's, an, there's the woman in Aliens who is, you know, the one who's like a complete beefcake and she's got a red bandana, short black yeah, hair, yeah, sort yeah. of Latino-ish. She is in t- another uh, James Cameron movie, Terminator 2, but she's older and she's got curly ginger hair and she's the one who gets killed and the Terminator, the T-2000 takes the place of and stabs the husband in the head like her arm comes into a, yes. a stabby thing. That is the same actor. Yes. And you think, in your head, you're thinking, bullshit it is. They're completely different. Go look it no, up. That is her. Yep. It's the same woman. Yeah, absolutely And she's right. in a ton of different um, movies that are by uh, James Cameron. He's a big rap on her. And, and she was also can't. in The Running Man. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know. True, I don't was. know if she was. Mm. Yeah. She's one of those actors that pops up everywhere, but you mm. think is, uh, she's just in one movie and that was it. But can we remember her name? No. No. That's What's, the way to be an actor, is yeah. to get loads of huge gigs like that and no one knows who you are because you can walk down the shops, yeah. buy yourself some chewies, go home, no one gives you any hass, as the kids say, maybe. What's, what's number six? <laughs> number six is uh, BB-8, R2-D2 and C-3PO. Oh, boy. Everyone loves the sassy droid, from the comic stylings of, of 3PO and R2 to BB-8's heroic nature, the droids in the Star Wars universe display a lot of character, charm and quirkiness. It's also established that they can break programming and become assassins like IG-88. <laughs> they also have a strong affinity for the word Roger, which no one would have programmed them with, so they must be artificial life forms. Let's not break any... Let's, there's some cool BB-8 stuff in the, in the Last Jedi. Let's not do any spoilers or anything. But I think we've almost got to that point now where BB-8 has crossed the line of we'll accept him. You yeah, know, fair enough. even even if you've just seen him in the previous movie, yeah. yep. uh, it was, it's he's it, a cool. He's, he's done. He's done well. He's not a load of garbage like anything that was mm. in the prequels. Was there a robot in the prequels? Well, no, it was C three PO and, and R two. But mm. um, what I really like about those three robots is the way that they can emote. You know, they're just robots. They've got no expressions. I think it's, it's like R2-D2 and BB-8 express. do that. Like C-3PO can talk, so he can say funny stuff. But the other two, there's beeps and whistles, and, yep. they're, and they're fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Good I can't fun. think of any other robot from that series. No, I mean, the one from Rogue One. When you say IG-88 broke his programming to become an assassin droid... Wouldn't Bounty he have hunting. already been... We know nothing about him. He was just standing there he in was the Empire an Strikes Back. Droid. 
Yeah, yeah, he was just the bounty hunter. He's one of the bounty yeah, hunter. Yeah, he lineups. was an assassin droid that became a bounty hunter, and he didn't yeah. get the rap that yeah. Boba Fett got. What a shame! Hmm. Well, it was it was the robot droid army. Oh yeah, no, forgettable. No, no, that's what. Yeah, they're forgettable. Who? What was the name of the one in Rogue One though? Oh, K K two. K two S O. Yeah, K two S O. See, was good fun. Yes, with uh, the bloke from Firefly yeah. doing the voice. Yeah, Alan Tiddick. Yeah, uh, again. Ooh, so that's another man. example of the actor behind the character bringing all that, mm. bringing his. And it wasn't awesome Andy Circus for once. No, it was. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. How do they do it without Andy? Anyway, <laughs> moving right. on. Number five is Maeve. Not necessarily the protagonist of Westworld, but one of the most oh, interesting things yeah. about the show. Maeve becomes self-aware and begins spreading that to other androids because she believes that she is real, alive, and doesn't deserve the treatment that she gets. Add to this her PTSD over losing a daughter when her role in the Westworld simulation was changed, and you have a compelling, real character who you can empathise with, even as she is murdering people. Yeah. Right, no spoilers, please. We uh, dropped out of Westworld halfway through it, and I, I really want to get back to it. Yeah. Because we... It's really good. You really, really should. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Got the wrong angle on it, and it's, it's right up my alley, too. Yeah. Look, no spoilers, but uh, Maeve is not the main character of Westworld. No. But she is the one that stands out to me as being fascinating beyond all the others. For sure. Yeah. What I mean, this is this is going to be hard to say without it sounding creepy and wrong. But <laughs> you know, in the behind the scenes of Westworld stuff, you know, while you know, in the show, yeah, yeah, when yeah, they're yeah. prepping the yeah. robots. There's quite a bit of nudity. Right? Yeah, all the, yeah, all the but nude robots. it's so weird how they do it. Obviously, it's an actor standing there naked, mm. but because you interpret that as a robot within the game, it's completely devoid of anything sexual. It's just... Uh, and I found that... I was watching it going, this is amazing, because that's actually a person. Yep. And they're not acting. They're just standing there, but you sort of think of them as just a robot in the way that they're being... Yeah, they're just furniture. Maybe it's because of the way they're being interacted with and treated. Mm. It's, it's just, that was, I thought that was mind-blowing as far as a, as a, as a TV movie-type deal. Yeah, I, I've got a yeah, lot of time. A lot of time for Westworld. Mm. I'm really looking forward to the second season. And, uh, have you ever watched the Yul Brynner? Yeah, uh, you have? many times. Oh, and and the, sequel, yeah, which yeah. Is, the sequel, which is rubbish. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Look out for that. What was it called? It was called Future World? Future, yeah, Future World. Future, Future World, World. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nowhere near. It couldn't couldn't even come close to to the original. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Yul Brynner is the one that brought a lot to that. I actually picked up. Uh, I got a couple of pops the other day for Christmas. Uh, one of them was Teddy, and the other one was the Man in Black. So, yeah, awesome. And one of them was Yul Brynner from the King, the King and I, and then the other one was the uh, the Chase Yul Brynner, which was him from the Smoking Advert, yeah, where he goes, "I'm dead now, and I smoked." <laughs> Don't be black me. And he's, he's got like a special feature. You could just have a little smoke coming out of his mouth. We were talking, uh, I think it might have been the last episode, we were talking about pops again. And yeah. the thing about ones that I might collect, the Westworld ones are actually ones that I might chase after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Before we go on to number four, I want to do an honorable mention. We got kicked off the list because of number four's presence. Uh, yeah. The honorable mention goes to Jaime, who is the, uh, oh. the android in. Get, Get smart. smart, yeah. Uh, who is uh, an incredibly capable and good agent in a show full of incredibly incompetent ones. Um, <laughs> and because they were the ones bossing him around, he never got to do anything good. But he got kicked off the list because comic relief androids, the market is dominated by number four, Bender. Oh, Futurama's beer-drinking, cigar-smoking, overpriced pair of pliers, Bender is a robot designed to bend metal. But he ends up facing moral quandaries, displaying heroism, 
and also delivering untold amount of mirth to the show. Bender is occasionally bothered by directives that retain that, re, that remain active in, in his brain, but for the most part, he does as he pleases and is accepted as a member of society. Just don't suggest to him that you're a robosexual. Hey, you can kiss my shiny metal ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never watch Futurama. I have trouble with animation stuff. I just can't uh-huh. get glued to it. No, I don't go back for more. I'll, like I've always mm. said, South Park, uh, Simpsons, I'll watch an episode and go, this is genius. And then when it's on next, I'm not there again. I'm just gone. And a couple of years will go by and I'll watch it again and go, wow, they're still writing mm. really good stuff and never go back. There are so many good, ro- great robots on that show, whether it's uh, Calculatron or it's um, uh, the Hedonist. Robot Satan. Robot Satan. Robot Satan is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Hedonist robot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's so many good robots. The clamps. Put the clamps. Clamps, yeah. <laughs> Far out. Love that. Um, yeah, look, David, honestly, of all of them, I think Future Armor is probably the one that you would get into the most because it has the most... It's got the mum from Married with Children. ...references and, yeah. um, and is really genuine science fiction as well as being comedy animation. It's, yeah, it's there's, just, there's just something about... Like, I'll even... I'll, like, I'll, I'll watch a few DC animated universe things, but it's not... I don't watch them and then you think, I'll see that again. It's... Very much, I'm just in it, I've watched it, I've done it, and I don't find them as moving, which is weird because I do like art and I do like the, a lot the of art manga, of animation. No, I didn't really get into manga. I watched no. uh, Akira, and, Akira and that was pretty much it. I was out after that. I thought, this is great. Started to explore it, straight out. I don't know. Just, it's not for me. I'm going to bring it up. If, number if... three is for you. Yes. Yeah. Number three is Brainiac. Creating an artificial intelligence to catalogue everything in the universe sounds like a good plan, right? Well, it wasn't. Brainiac became obsessed with collecting a city from each sentient world, absorbing all of their knowledge and then destroying them to prevent the need to reclassify them later. Add in his superior Kryptonian design, virtually unkillable consciousness, and ruthless disregard for other life forms, you have one of the greatest villains of the DC universe. Yeah, Superman villain. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, Superman, I, I, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> took, it took me a while to figure out, yeah, to remember who you're talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know much about, actually. Uh, I th- wasn't he just well, a brain I mean, in a one jar? One of the interesting things about him is that he does, com- he is a complete foil to Superman. In some versions of the character, he's actually created by Superman's father. Uh, in other versions, he's just of Kryptonian design. But uh, he is equally strong, equally powerful, equally intelligent. And usually when he shows up, Superman goes and gets help because he can't do it on his own. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what does and, he look uh, like? What is... Brain in a jar. Is he brain in a jar head? No, he's, a, he's, he's like a big-headed small guy in a bigger body, isn't he? Something like that? No, 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 no. no? Brainiac is a... Bugs Bunny. <laughs> he's a, a green-skinned android. Okay. Um, he, he has... Uh, Sort of three concentric circles atta- attached to his head. Okay, um, we're all googling like crazy over here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I can't pick. I can't picture him for some reason. Uh, well, I've, does I've he never... have a pencil moustache? <laughs> you just throw stuff out. Uh, no, there he is. Look, that's what it looks like. I've never seen that guy ever. Oh, okay. But no. then again, I've never read Superman. I've got a few Superman okay. comics up the house, which is uh, my effort of trying, but I haven't ever read them. <laughs> And I think they're well, called Batman versus Superman, most of them. So. Brainiac is pretty cool. Okay. He, um, 
he's the protagonist of Injustice 2, which came out last year as well, uh, which is the big DC Universe crossover fighting game. Aye. Sure. Right. Number two is Roy Batty. Yeah, it is. Blade Runner is an amazing film that delivers an incredible vision of the future where replicants can only be distinguished from humans by their psychological reactions. But it essentially plays like an action thriller until its final moments where uber bad guy Roy Batty saves Hero Deckard from falling to his death because he knows that he's about to die himself and that the ultimate value of his life is defined by the memories of him that remain after. With less than a paragraph, Roy wrote himself into cinematic history and the number two spot on this list. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. And it's raining. Oh, sorry. And it's raining (laughs) as well. Uh, Yeah. That's so true because that hits home. It's such a good character. And that moment hits home with all of us because it's got that thing about mortality. It's like every every experience that we've had, that we've felt and uh, been part of, is all just going to disappear and be lost, you know? uh, And even if we tell the story of it, it'll be lost because the person we tell it to will... We won't pass it on necessarily. No, so right. all these things, they really, they really hit home. And it's such a cool character growth that he's such a bad guy. And at the end, he has a sort of turnaround where he says, nah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this guy out now. I, I, yeah. I, have you seen... Tw- uh, no, I haven't seen the latest one. No, I haven't no. either. Uh, Jamie, have you seen it? I have not, sadly. Oh, okay. Wow, that's, that's amazing that none of the three of us have seen it. I'm dead keen to see it as well. Yeah. They were they they really add a lot of the androids in that movie really add a lot of humanity, I guess, to to the character. So you go you're actually looking at them beyond them being just yeah. uh it's metal like we, encased in a, it's a like fleshy we said shell. Earlier on, they're they're like the other, they're like the orc in um the bright, right? In bright. Yeah. Um and that, but they have the same size feelings, so they're desperate to live. They want to live on more. They want to be given that extra life because they don't want to live for two or three years and, and that's the end of it. Mm. So they're willing to risk all. And you can so easily put yourself in their shoes and go, I can see why they would do that because they're going to be dead anyway, so they might as well try and get down to earth, see the main guy, yep. try to get it life extended. It's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a fantastic. I've got sort of nostalgic just thinking about it there and thinking about the – there's a lot of people that have got a lot of emotion, a lot of nostalgia for Roy Batty. And he's the bad guy, and you don't. And that nostalgia isn't like a Darth Vader thing, where you go, "Whoa, he's so super powerful and evil." Whoa, man! It's like, oh man, I can. I there's there's a connection there with him somehow. And the, the hard thing there is, is he's the bad guy, yeah, purely because he doesn't. He just doesn't want to. Because we don't see the story from his point of view. No. We're seeing it from Harrison Ford's point of view, Deckard's part of view. That's right, and even yeah, yeah. I mean, even Harrison Ford, you know, he is an archetypal hero. And he's really on an action-adventure mystery detective thing through the whole movie. Yeah. And the thing that really made Blade Runner stand out in the end was this this bad guy who turned on him on all of the badness that he had done at the end and but, saved the hero. But you imagine, you imagine the same movie, but you start off with them working off-planet, Roy Batty and his mates, and they, they get together and go, you know what we should do? We should try to get back to Earth. We should see this guy. You see it with from that point of view, yeah. and you follow that train of thought. He's the Roy's the hero, for sure. Mm-hmm. That'd be a completely different movie. I, I'd, I'd like to see that movie actually. Oh, I'll, I'll make it for you. Yeah. I'll show you yeah, next week. Let's yeah, um, right, cool. Who's at number one though? If Roy Batty's at number two, yes. my God, I think I've got a guess. I'm going to go for it's uh, the Terminator. Well, number one, I've had some requests coming in. Uh, <laughs> really. 
mostly from Daniel. Oh, Daniel really? Oh, really? <laughs> uh, that Star Trek needed to be in the number one spot. Oh, again. yeah. I was going to say, uh, yeah. And so when putting together synthetic life forms, there was one that I couldn't ignore, <laughs> and it is Data. Oh, no. The ultimate narrative lens through which to examine our own humanity, Data is possibly the most powerful and lasting contribution to literature and film that Star Trek can offer us. So like us, but so different. Data's quest for humanity connects to every viewer, offering them laughter, sorrow, poignancy, and truth about what it is to be a person in the world. Data remains the most essential of all synthetic beings, and his story, as well as encapsulating all of those mentioned earlier, serves as a metaphor for each of us trying to find our own place in life. Well, I, I, I get it. I get it. I don't love him as much as everyone else loves him. You know, I know, I get, I get mm-hmm. it. And he was cool, and I enjoyed watching every single episode of Next Generation. But yeah, I, I sorry, Daniel, I'm not, I don't have the love for Data like everyone else does. Um, You're a Roy Batty man, aren't you? I'm a Roy Batty man. Yeah, okay. I, I like that tinge of evil, that tinge of angst, that trouble. You know, I know and, but Data had that as well, didn't he? Or yeah, Data, yeah, Data, yeah, Data, yeah. Data, Data. Shit. Well, he, he had he had his alternative. He also had his brother. Yeah. That he had to deal with. Um, and the, seemed a bit lame though. <laughs> He's probably yeah, brothers like that as well. Yeah. One of them who has emotion and one of them doesn't. It, it, it was always fascinating to watch. Um, I just, yeah, Data for me defines everything that, that this whole list is about. He is the, the, the character searching for his own identity in a world where no one's really sure who any of them are. Uh, he's the character who is on this quest for humanity and trying to prove his existence is, is valid and worthwhile. And at the same time, he constantly acts in a way that's contradictory to that. Um, the fact that they have an episode where they basically have a court case to see whether he has human rights or not is, is an amazing idea. But he gets a cat. TV show. He gets, he gets a, cat a cat and that helps, that helps him with a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very nice cat too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy, this is really. I really enjoyed this top ten. The really taking photosynthesis and the synthetic life form thing was cool. Yeah. I thought we were just going to list of top ten trees. We always the get... maple family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for making it geeky. A couple of surprises. Oh, now, of course, there are obviously some honourable mentions, including there are many honourable mentions. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hard to go past a lot of things. Um, Metropolis. Was another yeah. one that I really wanted to put on the list. Um, I was um, I was really struggling, as I said, with Jaime, and I wanted to put him on so much. I think wasn't there I another think one? Guys, wasn't there another one there called Hermes? What's that? Wasn't know? there another one called Hermes? There was Jaime, and there was Hermes. Am I? Am I? Did I yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that, that is right. Yeah. Well, what struck me is here's a list of uh, characters that are synthetic and all of them, you know, like they, they you know, bring a smile to your face, make you feel good and all that mm. sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, like... Uh, Haley Joel Osment and AI. Nah, that's not one of them. Yeah. Um, really? No. Um, that seemed hard-pressed. The case, um, there was one in my uh, mind now. Will Smith in iRobot and the original book iRobot. No, but he yeah. wasn't a android. He was oh, a synth, you know. though. Sure, I, I meant... That movie. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, Matt Matt says, "Ah, uh, um, for the next twenty minutes." Uh, Battle Angel Alita, uh, which is just oh, coming yeah, out yeah, soon. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, that's actually, going to be really interesting. I think. I've got a whole bunch of those up there. They're yeah. like really cool little um, things. Ah, oh, what one of the what? Cool, yeah. There was one bicentennial man. 
you Robin know. Williams. Now there was yeah, one. There was yeah. a AI movie out not too long ago. It was a girl. She they go off to a lakey. Yeah, you, Ex you know, Machina. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Ex Machina. Yeah. I fell asleep towards the end of that. I haven't seen it all, but it seemed like a classic. It's that, a classic, that right? That was a Turing test movie. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. So that and. I'd love to see where the more of that will go. I'd love to in stay awake mind, through it all and enjoy it. In my mind, Westworld is actually tied into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doing some research for this for this top ten, um, a lot of the lists that I was finding online were talking about how cyborgs are essentially synthetic organisms because they've just taken some some human bits and smashed them into a, a machine. Um, so, you know, people were talking about characters like Robocop in this uh, in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the Terminator, obviously. Jean-Claude um, Van Damme in, in, uh, <laughs> in Europe. Cyborg. Universal Soldier, that's right. There's a yeah. zillion different characters that play on these ideas of what it is to be human and where we draw the line with life forms. Yeah, and that's what um, data was all about. Data? Data. Data. Yeah. Data. I can't even say his name now. But that's what data was all about. It was just like pointing out this humanity stuff, which seemed a bit... Mm. A bit drawn out and a bit tiresome at times, but it was good points, good stories to be drawn out. I think um, Next Gen was pretty well written altogether. I'm not sure it stands up to this day, but good fun. What about um, the robot off Battlestar Galactica? No. Or the Cylons as well. The Cylons, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I think we should leave that up to the imagination of uh, the listeners now. What are your uh, yeah? What are your find the post? Jamie's going to put it up. What did, what did he miss? Synthetic life forms. Tell us who, you, who you're into. Get to our Facebook page and have a look. There'll be a post there asking you all about it. You can join in. And maybe we'll talk about it next month and uh, you can get a badge. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool. I think it's time to move on to Neats and Twos. Yeah, let's do a blob, get some Neats and Twos done. Neats and Twos. Neats and Twos. Neats and Twos. Neats and twos. Uh, just before we get into Neats and Twos, we've been rambling on about photosynthesis with enthusiasm yes. still to the point, even off air. <laughs> and we've realized things that we've forgotten. And the thing that Matt and I most love about a game, like Colt Express, for example, mm. is its ease of being stored away. And for a game like photosynthesis where you make 3D trees up and then you want to get them back in the box, you think this isn't going to happen when it's all flat-packed Ikea style. Yep. But they do. They give you extra inserts that separate each coloured tree into its own corner. It's just, ah. Oh, and the box is tall enough that it all fits in nicely. You don't have to yeah. pull it apart. There is nothing about this game to irk you. It's just easy, mm. easy. Except for when you take the plastic off and throw it in the trees and get busted by green mm. people. Yeah. 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 We, shouldn't have, we, should, we shouldn't have done that, Matt. Dispose of the waste, which of which there's not very much, yeah. responsibly. Responsibly. My uh, second bit of neats and twos was that the Good Games Magic Championship, by the time this podcast airs, because mm. it's about the 29th of December now, yep. come January 1st, it's going to be on again. So get yourself down to your local Good Games, get in there, start playing any sanctioned event, earn points, beat your foe, and start getting points. Aim for that 100. You get 100 points. You're in the playoffs for the GGMC when that comes around. Only Tell 100. You what, only 100. You can get there pretty easy if you just start playing. If you draft a bit, play Friday Night Magics, so you're going to get there, right? And hmm. uh, Yep, show up once a week, play a couple of games, you're there. And it's so good. I mean, the fun we had at PAX, just getting there, you know, we were like, uh, some great matches went off. You meet people from over uh, from America, there'll probably be Chicago in there this year. It just goes off. And we had a great time, big party atmosphere, a big party atmosphere around the event. It's worth getting on, fantastic times. 
Uh, Matt. I've been, uh, I've been oh. working a little bit with Brian Yee recently on uh, on the artwork for the new GGMC. And, uh, yes. I'm, look, I'm not going to spoil d- anything, but it's hot. White, it white dragon see. hot? Hmm. Oh, it could be white hot, yeah. Uh, white, no, I said white dragon hot. I know what you said. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what's your like fishing? And he needs some tools. Uh, the, a little bit of RPG news. Uh, Miskatonic Repository is now live on right. DriveThruRPG. You can now, it's, which is much the same as the Dungeon Masters Guild for Wizards of the Coast and the Storytellers Vault for White Wolf, where commu- the communities of role players can actually create material that oh, can cool. be uploaded and then sold or passed on for free through those websites. So, yeah. The community creating stuff and getting I out. I thought I saw to something played. from Chaos Sim today, which was like a a, a solo play yep. RPG thing. That looked cool as yes, well. Yeah, yeah, so that's been kickstarted, and, right. and that's a reprint of uh, original version. But yeah, so if you if you've got that writer's itch or you create great adventures, uh, why not? Pass I've got a writer's like itch, with... but it was it's not from not writing. It's from this girl that I met. No, forget about it. Well, you no. should probably maybe you could pass that on as, a, as an interesting story. I've arc. passed it on several times, but no, no, no. <laughs> no we're going down yeah. the hole. We don't want to go down. So there you go. Miskatonic repository now live. You can go and get some interesting community created stories. Cool stuff, Jamie. I've, need some twos. I've got some news. I've got some news that's a, a little bit of a downer in a way. Um, one of the one of the big community members at Good Games Melbourne. Uh, has had his mother come down with uh, with cancer, and uh, they're they're trying to put together a big round the world trip for her. Um, oh, wow, wow! To, to help her, help her, you know, get over it. Um, <laughs> well, so, uh, help her deal with it. It's tough, tough times. A, a charity tournament and silent auction, and they're donating okay. the proceeds. That's on February the third, um, and there's I've I've already seen they've been asking. Head office and uh, and other stores to see if there's any exciting bits and pieces that they can put in this charity auction, and there is some great stuff going in there. Oh, that sounds uh, so, so cool! I would be if I'm you, I would be jumping online, heading to their Facebook, and uh, having a look at some of the the items you can bid on. So you, you would find that through like Good Games Melbourne on Facebook, if you search for that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's that's a good stuff. That's a charity tournament and silent auction. And if there's anything, if there's anything the gaming community is about, it's community, and everybody does look after each other. And this is this sounds like a, a great cause to get behind. You know, let's put a smile on someone's yeah. face. Let's get a on a boat floating around the world. That sounds like a, a good first step. There is um, it, this isn't a unique thing. There is actually a, a memorial fund out there called the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund, where it, it it's designed to help gamers and who are down luck, whatever. Um, where they fundraise and that sort of thing. So, yeah, hmm. uh, communities like the gaming community are, are very close-knit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, yeah, and it, look, at, I mean, even if you don't know someone who's, uh, you know, got a terminal disease, it's a pretty awful thing. So you want to you wanna give them a little bit back, you know, while they can enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, get, get giving things to people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to do it. That's a segue. All right. Uh, what have we got? Um, oh, well, first of all, because obviously game of the month this month is photosynthesis, and you can get your 10% off photosynthesis by stating this month's password, fellas. Let there be light. Let there be light. Yeah. And that's only at good game stores using tree manufactured oxygen. That's important. 
If you walk in the good games and you can't breathe, it's just like carbon dioxide or nitrogen, one of those other weird gases like (laughs) argon that they stick in light bulbs. That's not the place. You just want tree-manufactured oxygen. And this lasts only for the month of January, okay? So get in there quick. And if that's not enough, you can go and win it by getting to our Facebook uh, page and this episode will be pinned to the top. Uh, looking all dodgy since Facebook screwed up our picture posts, the bastards. What is going on with that? Yeah, they're not going back to it either. Just it's getting ugly. Anyway, um, so look for episode 110. It's, it's at the top, so don't worry about anything else. Just uh, get on there and put a cool comment. Uh, we'll think of something ridiculous to theme it up a little bit, something to do with photosynthesis. And like uh, I have yeah. plants in my yard, and they photosynthesize with each other all the time. Dirty bastards. Oh, we, that could win you. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, we don't know what. Speaking the... of cool comments. Yeah. I, oh. I saw one on last week, last month's thread that I was pretty impressed with. Okay, hit us uh, up. We asked people to talk about times they felt royal for Queen Domino. Yeah. And uh, Brody Sheard jumped on and said, uh, "Hey, when his wife served him a yummy steak for dinner, she's amazing." And just. I like that he appreciates her that much and that he's willing to show it on Facebook. That's good. I like that you like that, and I like that you're very positive about it. But I've got to say, everybody who talked about their wedding day gave me the shit. I've got to put that out there. Hey, look, it's yin and yang. You know, whatever. Good, I'm happy. But no, nah, I didn't really. Half of me enjoyed it. It was good fun. You know, like everybody was saying, oh, it's, it's pretty good, isn't it? You know, like all these guys are coming out and going, oh, I felt like royalty on my wedding day. Didn't expect that from the gaming community. And it didn't, probably didn't give me the shits. But for this narrative, it pissed me <laughs> off. <laughs> well, <laughs> what didn't piss me off was yeah. the, that the, the strange and randomness of some of the comments we got. Oh, this we is good. Here. This uh, is the best. From, this is easily the best comment. From Christine Eager. The, yeah. the comment is, chair, great. Corner looks great and Prince looked great. <laughs> Mum, la, uh, kiss. And uh, that was brilliant. And I yeah, thought, where did that come from? Where did that come from? <laughs> and then I realised that there was a repeat of the surname a little bit earlier on. Someone's mum doesn't know how to use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Where Anthony Ego was talking about uh, got in a gum tree sourced uh, vinyl recliner, perfect for a throne for playing video games. And he also said it was a great pickup from a deceased estate. So his mum not only managed to comment against that comment, but not even reply, but just put an addition to the same thread entering and actually entering into the competition, competition <laughs> which is great because she could have won it. She could have actually won. So that's, that's fantastic. Who's, who's, what's her son's name? Uh, Anthony. All right, Anthony, Anthony yeah, I hope you're listening to this and you've got yeah. to break it down to your mum. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying give your mum internet lessons because <laughs> I've tried with my mum and it's fucking pointless. <laughs> just give up now. There's no point, right? It, they just don't get it, you know? And I'm saying that in the full knowledge that there'll be some technology coming out in, say, a few months to a few years that you and I, Matt, will just look at each other dumbfounded and we'll never get it. I have to agree with it, though. The prints do look great. Do they? What yeah, sort of prints have you got? This one there of the Rocketeer, <gasps> there's a Charmander, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You know what I just realised? Those prints made him feel like royalty. Do you, re- do you recognise this one in the corner? I do. That's an Austin Mengler, that. That's an Austin Mengler print. You missed the joke there, though. But anyway, you can listen back to it on Seven Land Hand. That's what I'll do. Hey, oh, but ooh, ooh, ooh. Somebody has won uh, this uh, last month's game already. Queen Domino. Queen Domino. I've got it written down here as photosynthesis, hence the pause. Uh, <laughs> Queen Domino has been won by uh, somebody who put a comment in on last month's post. Who is it, Jamie? Uh, 
you better not ask me because I've uh, I've closed the window. Oh, it's oh, sorry. it's Robert Blackstock. <laughs> yeah, Robert Blackstock. Jeez, I, I gave you guys a chance. I threw it to you, and, and I had the name in front of me. I just thought he'd like to. Anyway, Robert Blackstock, you are a winner of Queen Domino. Hooray! Well what, done. What did Yay! he say? My 30th birthday celebration involved my wife dropping on a train and handing me an envelope. That envelope was a start to a day of mystery and adventure through the city organised by my good buddies, featuring breakfast, board games, beer, movies, and finally more beer with board games. That is a killer 30th birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's got a crown and a beer and another beer. More beers and crowns. That's important. Uh, Our comment back was garbage. Sounds incredible. Who was responsible for that? Uh, Jamie, I'm going to raise the eyebrow at you. Uh, you can raise all the eyebrows you want, but oh. uh, I've been working this month. <laughs> uh, no one's taking responsibility oh, well. for it. I'll tell you what, we'll take responsibility for it. Robert, you've just won yourself a copy of Queen Domino. So maybe the responsibility should be Robert's for entering the competition. I think so, yeah. Um, you it, know who we can blame? Who? We can blame those guys from the Magic Show. They were probably jumping on and doing it. <laughs> yeah, I blame Kai. Oh, no, Zoe, she's new and she doesn't know. <laughs> she would have written Sup. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> All right, so maybe it's Aaron because he loves board games so much that he wants to get in on us on our action, you know. Yeah, well, now that we're talking about trees and gardens and soil and stuff, he'll be mm. very excited. All right, so please comment on our Facebook posts, get involved in discussion. We've got all sorts of stuff like Kai's posting videos about game, uh, like tabletop war gaming. Yeah, I've got board game. Uh, I've got Blood Bowl uh, team updates. The PPs won a match last week. Yeah, we got uh, occasionally we've got painting Yay. stuff. If you've got some cool miniatures painted or something, stick them up on there. Let's let's get some chat about it. It's all about the community, getting chats about what we're doing. Might give someone else a great idea about what they want to do. Just drop in there and put, to put in some hints about what next month's game is going to be. Yeah, well, that's coming up shortly. Uh, if if you got men, if you got your name mentioned today, if, even if you were the mother of another uh, actual <laughs> Seven Land Hander, you you can get yourself a game. I forgot what her name was as well, but you, Christine, Christine, Christine knows her name. Yeah, uh, she can get a badge sent out to her if she gets in touch on uh, podcast at sevenlandhand dot com. She'll have to send an email. She might have a bit of help with that. <laughs> Otherwise, it could go anywhere. Yeah, Try to you get on that. You help Channel with the email. 7. She can go, win a badge. Where's my badge, Channel 7? <laughs> Who the hell are you, Christine? What kind of badge did you send them? Uh, oh, we could send them. What have we got left? A hot gar badge, uh, which is a good one because it's got a little flame on it, or an advertising tool. Or? That's it. No, they're all, the charge badge badges are out. Oh, really? There's no more? There's no more. Wow. You need a limited run because I said they were shit. <laughs> and it turns out the hot oh, property. Well. <laughs> they were the best ones. They were the ones that everybody wanted. We might have to come up with some uh, something equally Yeah, we've got to come up with some new ones. Uh, okay, and so you can write to us about anything, actually, if you've got some cool ideas or anything you want to send us, pictures of your gaming stuff, anything, podcast at sevenlandhand.com. And that would be about it for photosynthesis, I think. Uh, next fortnight, show 111. Oh, hang on. It's probably just after a couple of days after this one. We've got show 111, yeah, which will be our attempt at a beer and pizza show 2017. Featuring another Matt's Quiz. Featuring another Matt's Quiz. That'll be live from Good Games Cannington with uh, 30th, 30 of our closest friends. I'm nervous now because uh, I, I think this one, this quiz itself... It was good. Was, it was actually a good one. I think uh, I might be one's a shit one. Oh, God. Yeah. So well, you're only going to be embarrassing yourself in front of 30 to 35 people. So it'll be, that'll be all right. No, no one will point and laugh, really. No. And then, to forget about all of that, in uh, about a fortnight's time, we'll have um, Rivals of Ixalan. Rivals of Ixalan. Yes, Four. which Rivals sounds like that Facebook. 
uh, that uh, Kickstarter game you're waiting for. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about anything I'm waiting for for Kickstarter. But Rivals of Ixland, <laughs> this, this podcast is actually probably going to be our first proper, serious, magic podcast, right? Yeah. We're going to have Anthony Lee on here who oh, knows really? his magic really well. He's in a proper magic team that goes on the Pro Tour. He's going to come in, sit in your chair, Matt, and uh, How did talk you convince to him. him to do that? Uh, we told him there was chocolate in the fridge. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and he's coming up. Uh, free chocolate. Uh, so he's going to be up. He's going to be talking about magic. He's probably going to... I'm just going to sit here and just try to get uh, a few comments in, keep everyone up to speed. We're getting some proper magic knowledge next, nice. next step. Yeah. And that'll be it. That'll be photosynthesis. Honestly, this, you know, as the music plays out here, uh, we've got, yeah. this is probably one of the most beautiful games that we've played. And my tip for, even if it's not going to be Azul, which is, mm. I believe, our next month's game. Oh, if you've hung around this long, you've now found out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know, without playing the other one, if it's just a little small box, this one. You know, you've got to build stuff. This yeah. is, build this the trees. Cool. Like, this is a family a evening's family entertainment. You can start by building trees, and then you can... Break it down and blow in trees, as, uh, as uh, Vintage Lee would say. And many of the uh, rapping uh, fraternity refer to blowing trees. <laughs> you know what I really... Also, I it's gonna... not easy being green, but this game gives you the option to play yellow... Orange or blue instead. Yeah, it's a very green box. Also gives you the opportunity to take the wrapping, like we've mentioned, take the wrapping off and put it in the bin or just throw it out into the street in the front of your house. (laughs) But don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. That's our pro That's super pro pro tip. Take the plastic off of it and make something out of it, like a pair of gloves or something to keep your hands dry. It's time to make like a tree and get out of here. Okay. (sighs) Good night. I'm off to the fridge.